guys. 8-1 podcast, episode 10. Uh, coming on. I was joined by Nigel King. Um, we've done a couple together now, but we haven't done a couple. We haven't done one for a while. He's been away to South Africa. My mum passed away. His mum passed away. We've had Christmas. A few things have happened. We've had a fair few things to talk about. So we got together for this one. Um, really enjoyed it. Great podcast. We discussed too many subjects to even go into. Like we just obviously we just go off on a tangent, just go off on a rant. Um, we do literally rant towards the end. We discuss too much. It was just we're both tired, so it was just one we just put together. We just got together and just talked crap, really. But um, fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed hearing about South Africa and uh, sharing some stories about our mums and their recent deaths, etc. It was really good. I I enjoyed this one. We I have some other guests lined up, so we'll be getting some more out to you soon i'm hoping that i can get start getting on top of these and putting some together because i miss them i, I enjoy doing them and I, I want the free like how frequently they come out i want i want that to to come up and get more out to you guys and hopefully you're enjoying them as always this one's sponsored by trojan nutrition and trojan fitness in bristol uh please look them up follow them get on them honestly i can't and always will promote them enough. So, yeah, get on to Trojan Nutrition. Um, have a look at my video blogs on YouTube, Wes Merch on YouTube, there for my X-Peer race that I'm going to be doing paragliding-wise. It's been announced that I'm in the X-Peer, so please have a look at YouTube. It explains everything. I will be keeping video blogs coming out to you via that. And I will be looking to get, as I say, more and more of these out to you. I really enjoy them. I hope that you enjoy them. So, whilst you're enjoying them and you're listening, I'll still put them together. I keep putting out the van cast as well. They're just fun, talking shit. You know, that's just what we do in the van. And I enjoy doing them as well. So, yeah. But yeah, this was Nigel King, episode 10. As I say lots of just random stuff talked about you may enjoy it you may dislike it that's entirely up to you have a listen um i hope you enjoyed it i hope you keep listening and any ideas you have for guests you if you might know somebody honestly send them through to me i wanted to have anybody on this podcast and i really want to have everybody on this podcast so get it through to me and we will get some more put out together in the meantime this is episode 10 Nigel King. Okay, the Eight Three One Podcast, episode ten. I'm joined with, joined with, joined by Nigel King. Hello, mate. Right, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks. It's uh. So I thought our last one wasn't that long ago and then I just looked it up and it's like way before Christmas since we last did a podcast together way what, what, before what, Christmas December the 24th <laughs> no <laughs> even way before than that way before way before than that yeah it's been like a, which means I, I haven't seen you since then I would imagine so I haven't seen you since way before Christmas since really. I've come back from South Africa 
<coughs> I haven't seen you since you came back from South Africa. The last time I saw you it was before you went to South Africa. All oh, right, yeah. So that's so, some time. That's yeah. probably a good couple of well, uh, yeah, two or three months. Yeah, December you went right. Yeah, yeah. So I haven't seen you since then. Definitely not to do a podcast anyway. So yeah, what's uh, been going on? What's uh, the deal with South Africa? Well, it's a country in the Southern Hemisphere. No, no, actually, I won't go there. Uh, yeah, it was basically uh, a gift. Uh, when I gave uh, the running of Imperial to Gary and Faith, who are now running it now, they decided that they would like to uh, repay me by paying for like, an all-expenses trip to South Africa for three weeks. Uh, and... Also, they paid for Molly as well, <coughs> which was nice of them. Yeah, uh, real nice. And it was good because uh, ever since Molly was a you know younger and she's always been interested in animals, uh, she I'd always wanted to take her, but thought, God, it's going to cost me thousands. Uh, and yeah, it was really really good to take her out there, and I really wanted to take her to Kruger National Park so she could see. So all the wildlife, because obviously we've been going out since she was a little kid. And Speaking to look, the mic, mate. We look, uh, <coughs> we look sort of all the British wildlife, but obviously when you go to Kruger Park, it's a completely different ball game. And yeah, it's like being a kid again, really. Sort of going around looking for stuff. And uh, yeah, we, we had a real, real, real good fun. Yeah? Yeah, it's excellent. I mean, not to mention Kruger. I mean, we've done a... We done something that I'd always wanted to do. We went to Cape because we flew into Cape Town originally, before flying into Johannesburg, uh, uh, because we wanted to do a shark dive. So we uh, we went down to to Cape Town and we went with a company called Marine Dynamics, who I'd recommend. It's really really fantastic. It wasn't super expensive, but they came and picked us up from our hotel in Cape Town, and they drove us about. Just over two hours to a place called Hansby, uh, which is Shark Alley. You've got Hermionus and Shark Alley, and it's uh, which are <coughs> amazing places. They've got a uh, it's like in Jaws, you've got Amityville, and you know, when you drive into the places, it's, it's all on the beach, and everyone uh, who's got a house there has like got a, a fake shark in the garden or a uh, you know, something to do with obviously, yeah. you know, shark diving. and when we got there, they they put they let's say they picked us up in the hotel, took us to Hansby, and then we went and had a breakfast, and they run us through everything. And, and when you walk into the place, it's called Great White House, and when you go in, it's got all the the jaws on the wall, and uh, you know it's it's all done out, themed out. And then they get you measured up for your wetsuits, and then you and as you go down to the boat, <coughs> you can see there's lots of other boats for chartered shark diving. There's there's just loads and loads of rows of of cages yeah and it's quite exciting you know when you get on the boat and uh we was told before we go out it's quite a, a funny story actually we was told before we went out actually on the boat to make sure we took some seasick tablets and the day particular day we went out it was really really choppy so we get in this boat it was called the the, the shark fin i think it was called it's like a million pound boat and they took us out and <clears throat> as we come out of the bay <clears throat> The waves were like 25, 30 foot high. And it was going up and down. I thought, oh, this is going to be horrendous. Uh, but apparently where the, the great whites feed, 
is a couple of miles out to sea, a place called the Shallows, where uh, the cage is moored up, <coughs> and it it only goes up to about twenty five meters, you know, twenty five meters, yeah, twenty five meters deep. So you know the sand gets washed up and seals sort of you know fish swimming around in it, and that's where they hunt in the shallows. So as soon as we got the shallows, it was quite calm. <coughs> but uh, Gary. As me, Gary, Faith and Molly, we was there and I could see Gary going a bit green on the way out. But when we got there, we was all getting in our wetsuits. He said, oh, I'm just going to leave you for a couple of minutes. I've just got to go down to the front of the boat. Anyway, he didn't return. And uh, when I went down there, he's just, he's being sick. And I'll always remember the woman saying to him, he was saying to the woman, uh, you know, how long are we out for? And she said something to him, like four hours. And uh, that's where he spent the whole of the dive actually laying, front of the boat. laying on the front of the boat didn't die no I actually went halfway up I felt really bad and I said come on mate look we've come all this way to the other side of the world and you're not going to get many chances to do this come on just get the wetsuit on he was like no I can't do it and uh, so you know so that's where mm. he spent the whole oh, of yeah. the dive it's bad <coughs> shit mate <coughs> like mate. seasickness is bad shit like I remember um few years ago we went on a sea fishing trip with Chris Ogden Chris Ogden generally arranges one every year Tim Carr came few of the lads etc and we left the the harbour and within 10-15 minutes Chris was sat on the floor 20 minutes later Chris is led on the floor 9 hours later on the way back in Chris is still led on the floor the whole time on the floor sea sickness is bad (coughs) I mean Faith has done a lot in marine biology and even she felt a bit ropey, but getting getting back to the dive. So you know he he didn't he didn't dive at all, which is a shame because you know he's he's basically paid for it and he he couldn't dive. But uh, as you're going out halfway, they stop and they chum the water. You know when they chum yeah, yeah. there and it's old prawns and stuff like that. What did that and smell like? Pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty bad. Did you yes. like so when they were mixing up, you could uh, you could smell it. It was yeah. kicking up a yeah, pond before smell went it. in the it water. But uh, as soon as we got out, I was really lucky. Straight away, bang, one comes in. And you forget that it's the Atlantic Ocean. So we were standing on top. What they do is they throw a ball out with a load of old fish heads on it. It's on a, like, a line. And then they lure the sharks. They pull it in. They pull it right up, up to the cage. And then the sharks come to the cage. And then they thrash and bite, you know, around the cage. Which is, uh, it's to, you know, to get them up nice and close. So you see them up nice and close. And... So I'm about to enter the cage. Now, anyone who's done shark dive probably knows, but the these cages were on the side of the boat, <coughs> anchored to the side of the boat, and you put your wetsuit on, and then they they give you these weighted uh, lead vests that you put around you, and they're to basically keep you down because you just float to the top otherwise. Yeah. Uh, the cages have got like a bar inside that you can stand on or hook your feet under to pull yourself down, and then you've got maybe two foot uh, of of air, you know, above the water where you can breathe and then you haven't got any, like, you know, diving equipment on. You've no just got like a snorkel, no? yeah, like a, a mask. So when the shark comes up, you can duck under the water. So uh, when you first get in, it's the Atlantic Ocean. You don't realise how bloody cold it is. Yeah. Until you get in, you're like, <gasps> takes your breath away. Then you've got to get used to the water and then they start throwing the ball out with the, the heads on. Anyway... At that moment, when I was in the water and it was cold, and I was 
sort of, you know, half in, half of my head was sort of underwater and half of my head was out the top. And then you can see the fin about 10 foot away, but you can't see anything. You can just see this dark grey shadow come in. Does the music start playing? In your head it does. Yeah. But when it comes up, you can't see them until they get right close to you. And <clears throat> it's... And when they hit the cage and they thrash, the water goes everywhere. And and uh, one actually hit Molly in the chest. Its nose come through. At one point, her hand was out of the cage where she was reaching. I had to pull her hand in. There's a very good oh, chance you could have no. got your arm bitten off, in yeah. all fairness. However, it's it was at that moment when I was in the water. Because I don't like the water at the best of times. I'm not a great water, but I'm not a brilliant swimmer. And I feel a bit, you know, when I'm in the water, I, I feel slightly odd. But never have I felt so vulnerable as I did when that grey, the top of its body, the grey top of its body comes to the cage and then it, and then you, just then you realise that if you was in the water just bobbing around, all this old bollocks about you can poke them in the eye or punch them, the surfers have punched them and got away, I, I don't see how that can happen because I think yeah. you'd have absolutely no chance whatsoever. But I mean it's happened, there was that video of that surfer, um, he was in a tournament live on TV, wasn't it? About two years ago, the surfer, it bit him, grabbed the board, he punched it and got away. Did you not see that video? I'd heard about it, but I'll tell you what, there's no chance I'd have been punching one of them. And I, it made me feel so vulnerable being in the water. And you would, like I said, if the cage wasn't there and you was floating around, you can imagine what it was like. You remember when the Indianapolis sunk and those people were just in the water and yeah. sharks were coming. It's, it's horrific. Yeah. It's terrifying. But it's something I'd always want to do, and I would do it again. Uh, yeah, I ended up with a lot of bits of chum in my beard at one point, but it wasn't very. I was throwing it over the side. Oh, me. I bet it was all in the water. In that. Yeah, it like was, and then you swallowed any yeah, of the water. Yeah, listen, it, it, oh. it's, it's hard, but it, but it's it's a great experience. And like I say, anyone. How long were you at, in the water for? Uh, a good twenty minutes. Yeah. Yeah, a good and because how many they, sharks were there. Two came in more there. I mean, some people go out and don't see a shark. Yeah, I was thinking that. I was just so, thinking how often they go out and they don't actually see any sharks. Which is so fortunate. But, you know, just getting out there and, you know, and I had some good videos that I put on uh, Instagram. You probably saw. Yeah, yeah I did see, yeah. I mean, the, the, the ones that come in were a good three metres long. There's, there's not, you know, only youngsters, but three metres is a big shark. You know? Yeah, and, like uh, a 10 foot shark is a big shark, yeah. Yeah, so. Could you feel, could you feel the power? Like, although you're under the water, could you feel like, or. Or did it just look... No, like some things just actually, look really powerful, don't they? It was when they thrash... When they thrash... They turn from the cage... <coughs> and their towels... Thrash... Against the cage... And they just splash water... Like, you know... It's... It's, it's surreal... It's a, like I said... It is, it's a really fantastic... I mean... Molly was ecstatic... She loved it... Uh, one thing I will say is... If, you've, if you're... Overweight like me... And you try and get a wetsuit... You're alright getting it on... Try and get it off... Is another yeah. It's, yeah, it is hard getting them off. It's like peeling your skin off. I felt like I was a banana coming out of his uh, like. Uh, <coughs> yeah, it was. But nobody know, looks cool in a wetsuit though. Actually, like surfers, it yeah, it but pulls it in actually. Yeah, but even so, I bet you didn't look cool. Point break. No, like, oh, uh, I can imagine it not it being a, point break. Yeah. From honest. So uh, yeah, it was an amazing experience. Like I say, if you're ever looking to go to South Africa, Cape Town diving, then. I would uh, recommend Marine Dynamics. Uh, <coughs> brilliant company. They was, uh, yeah, like I say, they look after you really well. I wonder how many, 
I wonder if they get to recognise the sharks. How what the frequency is? Yes, they do. They tag how some frequent of them. they come up and they, so I've got is names it a, for them. Yeah, so it's not just a simple fact that they're just pulling in wild sharks all the time. There's maybe like ten sharks who keep coming back frequently, or is yeah, there... but there's it's not been a, a good year for great whites. Uh, they've basically what's happening is orcas are coming and killing them. Uh, in South Africa, especially yeah. around Hansby and where the frequent, you know, they used to come in all the time, basically. But now, that's you know, nuts, isn't it? Like, so we're you're in the water, <coughs> and everyone, if you're swimming in like uh, South Africa or surfing or whatever, everyone's petrified of great whites, and then swimming with these great whites is this other mammal that will fuck it shit. Up like an orca. They was really gutted. Just... Three of their great whites were were killed by orcas, and the way they know the orcas kill them is because they eat their liver. That is what they do. They kill yeah. the sharks and eat their liver. Yeah. Don't just smash them. So they're killing no. them to eat them. They're not just killing them as in like a uh, territorial so. thing. I mean, the guys who were running it are really not only marine dynamics are very much into shark conservation, and you know they tag a lot of sharks. They've got names for them. They're in So obviously, when they they lose a great white, that's maybe. 10 years old it's devastating yeah, you know? yeah, but of orcas had a bad problem at the moment they're coming in and, mm, and killing the white whites I don't I <coughs> wonder so a great white shark seems really predatory to me which obviously is a ridiculous statement but it seems really predatory and a lot of predators don't seem to have a, a massive in, intelligence away from what they're adapt to do so Let's say a golden eagle doesn't isn't among the the smartest, most intelligent birds. You'd put that with the corvid species, etc. Yeah. So a great white shark doesn't strike me as being that intelligent. It's very one-dimensional, function focused on killing. Well, apparently, killing they, they are quite. They are meant to be quite intelligent. Yeah. Uh, they recognise certain things, so we was told. But I'm not saying they're not as intelligent as something like an orca. Yeah, you know? exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, like, I mean, obviously, I'm talking from absolutely no knowledge here. My knowledge on sharks is very minimal. Um, but the orca is obviously renowned for being hugely intelligent, really smart, and uh, is like it's not looked upon I guess as being massively predatory well, and when yet you look at them they look friendly yeah because everyone looks at them and see free willy and when you that's free it. willy well, you when, you, when you look at when you look at a, a, a great white and you see it open its mouth and it breaches and and you know you see those rows of teeth and then you look at an orca and it looks like it's got a set of teeth like ours yeah like, like it's going to suck a lollipop yeah. like, no you know what I'm saying though don't you it's like it's different it's, yeah it's, it's like, very yeah, different hello flipper yeah, that sort of thing it's yeah, a cartoon but, mouth really isn't it if you look at an orca when it opens his mouth it looks like a cartoon drawing of teeth <coughs> it does they're like a five year old dra- drawing know, because, the teeth on you know, it again I, I mean I'm going off the subject a bit when I went to Florida and I went to a sea world uh, the, seeing the killer whale show was uh, probably you know, going to SeaWorld was the least... Well, I didn't want to... I, didn't, I wasn't worried about seeing that. But when I went there and I saw the Killer Whale show, it's probably one of the best things I've ever seen. It's just so, uh, a sh- like now that that Blackfish documentary has been out. Have you seen the documentary? Yes. So now that that's been out, that sort of killed everyone's view point of having 
big whales or intelligent mammal species in captivity. Especially, A, how they get them with going out and taking young from their, yeah. from their parents. But then keeping a, an animal that's that intelligent and is such an apex predator that it predates on great white sharks, keeping them in a tank enclosed in a place where like the the it's something like the parking lot of SeaWorld is like a hundred football pitches or something. It's big, yeah. And the tank that they keep the well in is like two football pitches or something. It's like, not even that. Yeah, that's crazy. And <coughs> to hear that, you know, they predate on great white sharks then all the time. Then you've zoos and lions. Yeah, and which so. I don't... So, I don't mind as much, because as I was saying about the intelligence thing, I think when you have a predator like, say, a cheetah in captivity i don't think that they will run around as much top speed etc for pleasure as they will do just to necessarily hunt but a great white sh- uh, a killer whale or orca is constantly moving it's swimming constantly that's what it does all the time it's not just going to stay still so when you put it enclosed in a tank it's an animal that naturally has to roam a cheetah will spend a lot of time just let down in the sun basking not really doing anything i think of them more as they are really predatory they want to sit still they want to get as long as they're being fed they don't really have any words they want to have feed they want to have sex that's it they're not really an animal who's going out thinking oh i want there's a butterfly that i can chase or anything that's not what they do they're a predatory animal that's thinking i need to eat and i need to fuck that is it that's the two things i need to do if you take one of those out the equation i.e. you're feeding it constantly, all it has to worry about is shagging. Well, that's not part of the equation because you're not putting a female in with a male or a male in with a female. <coughs> so I think the comparison of having a cheetah or a lion in captivity is probably nowhere near having an orca, which is free-roaming completely, constantly mobile, and super, super intelligent. Like the lang, like they have dialects, language dialects that they talk in and stuff. You know, look, like that's crazy shit. Like yeah. the extent of their, their brain. There's lots of lots of animals that have got dialect things that we just don't. You know, there's a lot of things that are. There's a lot of things I saw in South Africa this this trip. Uh, things that I hadn't seen as well, which was was quite nice. I mean, getting back to the, 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 the to Cape Town. Have you ever? Have you not been no, so I got offered the job out there from Mark years ago, and uh, I didn't go, did I? I think I got offered a fight. I got offered the job from Mark, and I didn't go. I think I stayed in Fort, and then in like a year or so later, you went out and you worked out there for a couple of months. Yeah. And one of my, not not regrets, didn't we have regrets? But one of the things I wish I'd done, I wish that I'd gone and worked with Mark. A, I'd have liked to have met Mark and worked with him in that environment because obviously he was a great guy so it would have been great to work under him in his uh, centre. That would have been really cool. B, it would have been brilliant to be in South Africa. C, it would have been great to hunt a natural species out there like a crowned eagle or a black spar. So I do wish that I'd taken up that opportunity because I think even if I go out there again now it won't probably be as rewarding an experience as if I would have took up that job role back when I got offered it basically 
Well, yeah. well I'd, I'd never been to Cape Town before. I'd always been uh, flown into Johannesburg and gone, I'd always gone up north and gone to Kruger and places. So I'd never actually been to Cape Town. So it's like, and I found Cape Town a lot different to uh, to the other parts of South Africa I've been to in the fight. It wasn't that much. Uh, I was talking to one of the cab drivers out who was running me about and he said, there's not a lot of crime in Cape Town now. It's really different. No. And we found it very much like it's a bit like Spain, in a way. It's very much like Spain. Uh, yeah, yeah, in a way. Lots of expats. Where we no. stayed? No, but it's just where we stayed. The, the resort. It was called uh, uh, Lagoon Beach. Uh, you can see Table Mountain from there. We went out and we had a really nice dinner at Victoria Harbour, uh, uh, which is the wharf, basically where all the shopping malls are. Uh, <coughs> spent a good couple of days in in Cape Town exploring it was really nice and then we before we flew to Joburg and then we drove up to uh, obviously towards Kruger we stopped off at Dolstrom Mark's old centre uh, which is now being run as a rehab centre not just for birds of prey but for other animals as well uh, which was really nice Max and Friff who run it are amazing people Aidan who was working there uh, he flies a black spar we managed to get out of him hunting with a black spar we I saw the see. videos of that, yeah, because I was yeah. meant to come and meet you. I was meant to be in a That's paragliding right. tournament, a pre-PWC. I was meant to be out there, but obviously mum passed away like two weeks, three weeks before or something. I, I don't know. No, mum passed away and then I had the funeral, etc. to take care of. So everyone was a bit on top. So I didn't end up going out there and um, flying the paragliding race. And uh, I was going to meet up with you for a few days first and possibly do the shark diving, etc. with you. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's funny that you, you know, I mean, your mum passed away and in mine a week later, wasn't it? Yeah, a week later. And then later, it was only yeah. a couple of days before I went to South Africa we actually had my mum's funeral. So it done me a bit of a favour in a way that it took my mind off of things. But Molly really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, obviously I'd been wanting to take her for years and she said it's probably the, one of the best things she's ever done. Yeah. Although she didn't take any, uh, on the first day there, she managed to not put any suntan cream on her. Oh, I saw the pictures, it's horrendous. man. Like, oh. uh, you know, I've, it makes me cringe when I think about it. So Sunburn is crazy. It was so bad. You seen the pictures? You saw like, the pictures. Burned. Honestly, burnt. Like, I don't. So I burn. I don't. It's not the wetsuit like, off was. Oh my god! It was like. Oh, did, so she was sunburned. Well, she, she had was. Little, it was like taking the skin off a cooked sausage. <laughs> It's bad news. <laughs> Mate, it's like, nuts. So I burn. My sister goes really brown. Ash goes a nice brown. My dad goes brown. I don't... How can you skin anemic, be so different? Just don't get it. Like, how can it be so different? Like, this person here exposed me to a certain amount of sun and my skin will cook. Expose you to a certain amount of sun and your skin will just go to a nice bronze... I don't understand. That's... Weird, like just because of what the pigmentation is in my skin depicts that I'm going to be someone who burns, so you can't put me out in the sun for long. Just you know, it could be worse, you could be ginger. Yeah, no, there is no, that. that's the, you're ginger, no, you're that, really, you know, fair, you're gonna yeah. burn. You yeah, know? definitely. Lobster I've never that. met a ginger person who tans. <laughs> <Ever>. you, <laughs> have you ever met a ginger person who thought that's a nice tan? No, no, never, never. Definitely. I've never seen a Jamaican guy either with ginger ale. 
No, so when we were growing up, there was a couple of... Um... I did actually see a guy in Bedminster today, in yeah. Asda in Bedminster, and he looked like the crow man from Wurzel Gummidge. And yeah. he had like a, a big ginger beard and like, but, but black hair. Strangest. Oh, yeah. I was going to take, so, a, take a sneaky mobile picture of In him, school, you know? there was a brother and sister, and they were like, I think they were Asian and they had ginger hair. Half Asian and they had That's ginger a hair. One, yeah. yeah, yeah, half Asian, ginger hair. Yeah, really, really different. I can't forget their names now as well. People who are listening to this who went to like Brislington School are going to know what I mean immediately. Everybody knew them. And I Please ring in or text Ginger Asian. <laughs> yeah. So they'll uh, they'll remember them. But it's weird, like just because of my sk- the way that my skin is made, the oils, the pigmentation, whatever it is that's in my skin, just depicts it. If I'm in the sun. I'm going to burn, but you stood next to me in exactly the same amount of sun are going to tan really nicely. Shit. Yeah. That really shit. Bad. Like, I'll literally You'll be You'll never red. actually look good, though, Wes. In all fairness, with a bronze tan, you'd look a bit odd. Well, no, Do you I'm not, not... think so? I just think I'd rather be bronzed than I would... Pet. Not that I'm worried. I'm, never, I'm, not, I'm not the sort of person who would worry about being tanned, but it would be nice to be a bit more tanned than You'll would be tan, pasty. You'll never tan your arms with them, like... Black tattoos. No, your arms definitely, like, you know, definitely. But I'm not like aesthetics aren't really something that interests me. Like if people say to me on the door about being ugly or something, like whatever. I let people got really good eyesight. Yeah, but like yeah. I let people punch drunk. me in the face. That's what I do. I've done for 16 years. I've let people punch and kick me in the face. Not just when I fight. Every day in training, every day I get punched in the face and kicked in the face. My, my um. Worries about being pretty or hot or good looking are the minimal of the minimal. That's not or really punchy something... when you get a bit older. No, I'm definitely punchy now already. <laughs> I can hear it in my voice. But it's not really, it's just not, aesthetics aren't really something that I really worry about. I, and I certainly, I'm not bothered about not being able to tan, but I think it's just weird how because I my skin colour is a little bit lighter than your skin colour, you can go brown, I'm red. Two days later, I peel and then I'm white again. Like it's just, I think that's weird. Like you could have a spray tan now, though. Yeah, I've had spray tans. Have you? Yeah, when I did those couple of stripping things, I had a spray tan. <laughs> what? from, What's happened to the I stripping from, thing? What's no, it was never a, a career. Couple... It was never a career for me. I just got the boss just said, "Listen, we've had a stripper cancel. Would you be up for it?" I was like, "Nah, not really my thing." And then I was like, of course it's your thing. That's just as horrible you do. I was like, well. And they said, like, listen, there's a hen party. One song. Will you strip? 150 quid. I was like, yeah, go on, I'll do it. So I did it. Just like, <coughs> And then the next week it was, we got another one. Will you do it? I was like, yeah, I'll do it again. So it was never going to be a career. Like, to be fair, like it would be worth doing over standing on the door in the cold all night. Going and doing a stripping gig would be much more worth it. But like, it's not really a like career. Two minutes of taking your clothes off. Yeah, exactly. Quid. Well, you got to think the amount, of time you're actually, the amount of time you're actually naked would equate to a couple of seconds. So it's all about dancing around. And people say, aren't you worried? Oh, what if you're shit? Like, it's too late. No. They've paid. Like, it's not... They don't get to watch you dance what and see if, if they're going to pay or not. Shit? Yeah. Yeah, like, you know... Did you have to put like an elastic ram around your old No, like, I don't go in for all those things. Like, I'm not. It's not really my thing. That like, you got what you got. Like, it's not. 
I remember when I was a bit younger, I used to always want a massive penis. One of my mates had a big dick, man. Like a white guy had a big dick. <laughs> I, I know some black guys. Guy. No, because I know... Some, obviously, you know, my friends are majority black or mixed race, right? So yeah. then I have one or two who are... Your homies. White, who have got, like, James, who you met at my mum's funeral, got a big dick. Like, I've got mates who've got white guys, and he's got a big dick, like... And I remember when I was being young, like, like 20, I was like, fucking hell, man, it's dick. Got a big dick. And I always think about having a big dick, but then I guess as you get a bit older, it just doesn't really... I'm not, like, I'm not saying i got a small dick. you got what you've got, is, is what I'm saying, you know? Like, I've got what I've got. No matter how much I wish to have a bigger dick, or I wish to have better skin, or I wish to not be going bald. Like, <laughs> it's happened. That's what you've got. You've got your dick. Deal with it. I think when you... If you get held up on that, about having a small dick or whatever, the only person it affects is you. Like, it's not... If you've got a girl who's willing to have sex with you, she obviously likes who you are. Not many girls fuck guys just because of the size of his dick. A lot of them fuck guys because they think he's a cool guy or funny or they enjoy being around them. So, the size of your dick is a tiny proportion of what a girl sees in you. So, I think, fuck it. Like, you've got what you've got. What are you going to... You can't beat yourself up over the size of your dick. You certainly can't beat yourself up with the size of your dick if it's the size <laughs> of mine. But, yeah, I used to think about these things. I don't even know how we got on to talk about dick oh, size now. It was all about your stripping. We go from oh, elastic band. The elastic shark band thing, yeah. Elastic bands and... No, so I just it. think, like... Listen, you got what you got. Like, if if those girls are thinking, oh, that one's very big, Pfft, tough late, look, you've paid me 150 <laughs> well, quid. Well, it satisfied me. Yeah, look, you've paid me 150 quid to dance for three minutes. If my dick's big or if it's little, you're paying 150 pound. Like, you're not getting paid per inch. So, if you're getting paid 150 <laughs> you, quid... You get 30p. Yeah, but... <laughs> if you're getting paid per inch... Uh, no, if you're getting paid, sorry, 150 quid, and you've got a 12-inch cock, and I've got a 5-inch cock, you're the mug with the fucking big cock because you're getting paid the same amount of money as me and I've got a little dick. That's not... Do you see what I mean? It's not... So you've got what you got. Like, what's this girl going to do? Go around and spread rumours right around a little dick. Guess what? I'm not a career stripper. You're not ruining my career. It's not It's not something I worry about. Your dick's your dick. i got bigger problems to worry about than how big my dick is compared to matey boy who also strips, you know? Yeah. So elastic funny. band, no, I'm not... That's not for me, really. No. All right. So we've so we've done South Africa now. And we, actually, up. we didn't. We didn't because when I got to about, I said we went to Kruger Park, didn't I? Yes. And uh, we saw some cool stuff at Kruger Park. We saw a leopard up real close, and uh, we had a real good laugh at Gary, who again uh, was at the edge of the night drive on the. And this lion actually like, was going to jump up. I've never seen someone shit themselves so bad. Oh, uh, yeah? Yeah. Including me. I was at the other animals. end. I was at the other Gary end. Gary doesn't sound like he should be working with animals. No, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's funny. I mean, we was being flash bastards because as we was driving on night drive, they say to you, they, they give you torches. They give a couple of people, designated people, torches and uh, you shine them and they say, if you say something, say stop, you know. So obviously you get some fucking idiot going like, stop, stop. Oh, no, it's a rock. Or it's a fucking oh, old, yeah, old yeah. log or something. and But we was going along and one of them was like, Stop! Uh, that's an African spotted owl, Bubar Africanus, blah, blah. So we was like being <laughs> those people. Yeah, yeah. On the, you know, people fucking took in because we was... There's a Janet. Janet, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, yeah. there's this, there's that, and we was like, you know, I thought, I, thought, I actually fucking knew more than the tour guide. Yeah, he, looked like he, was, he looked like he was reading it off of a, a script, and uh, it, which was quite bad. But I guess that job out there is probably just the same as working at Longleat. Well, no, no yeah. because it's fucking not like Longleat. It's like, it's bigger than Israel. No, I get, so, I get that it's big, but at the same time, not everyone who works there is going to be a conservationist no, but you should, slash but animal you should enthusiast. Be, as, a, as a guide, this guy was the guide. Now, I've been out on night drives before with South African guys who are guides, and it was amazing. Uh, and uh, But this guy was like, oh, he, he, he looked like he was reading stuff off of a sheet. I mean, he said, yeah. well, he said there's a Jenny, and he was like, and I was like, no, mate, you're wrong there. Actually, maybe that's being, I don't know, a bit up my own arse a bit about, but well, I've got Jenny's. So yeah. I know a lot about them. So obviously I get excited, you know. Like other people who are on the on the bus, you know. I, I, you know, if I know something about African spotted owls, which I obviously do, and I know I know a lot about African wildlife. So if the guide's not giving them the information, I feel sort of obliged to like chip in a bit. If that makes yeah, any yeah. sense, not right. because I'm being big headed, but because I actually I'm excited that what we've seen, and and I, I want to tell people about you know what things are. Yeah, because of what you guy. did for a living for so long. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, when you spend your whole bloody life doing it, and you know, every day you do get accustomed to sort of explaining what they are, where they come from, you know, habitats, and and you know, maybe people are interested, maybe they ain't. But you know, it's it's, it's who I am. Molly was the same. She was doing the same thing, you know, talking to people on on the drive and everything. But you know, how many on the bus? Uh, there were about. Probably sixteen to eighteen people on a on a on a night drive. It's like with the shark diving. There were they put us in. You could go in six at a time in this long cage. So they take to make their worth the while, I suppose, because they're chartering people out. There was about twenty people. A lot of them were Americans. Twenty people on the boat with you. Yeah. How much ahead? I'm not quite sure, but it's probably about a hundred quid. I should imagine. But, you know, I mean, Some the, money. the yacht's worth a fortune and, you know, all what goes into it, you know, them coming to pick you up. And, I mean, it's good value for money. Do you get any food or anything? Sorry? Was there any food or anything yeah, thrown in? Yeah, they give you a breakfast. Like, when you get there and you go into Great White House, they give you, like, a uh, a continental breakfast, you know, uh, sort of a bit of ham and egg and a croissant and some yoghurt and fruit. Yeah. And then they give you a... Daz was on that, one. not yeah, on that ready to come up later yeah. on cool mate yeah but you know and then when you come but when you actually come up out of the cage and you're cold they give you a towel and that and they give you a cup of hot chocolate and everything oh yeah uh, yes because really, you know it wasn't it's not like you see you know when I'm going down in a cage on a cable and that and a shark coming up and bashing it and people falling out and all that it's nothing like yeah, that yeah. at all it's actually pretty you know pretty safe uh, like the cage when the top shuts down it actually clamps up and yeah. you know. no I wouldn't I don't think I'd have any fear whatsoever doing it like I would no, no, if it no, was, no, there, it's, if it's it's in the kitchen now but like, yeah let's go boom and I'd do it it is unnerving um, I, I will be yeah. you know it's when when they're right up next to you and that yeah. it's unnerving so we saw that we saw we went out because we you know we drove to some places in Kruger that I know and was lucky enough to like see three male lions just we got them all to ourselves because normally when people see a lion you get a row of someone sees one and then the guide say oh there's lions here and everyone wants to see bloody lions for some reason yeah. here's me I'm not really that interested it's nice no, to see a lion but I'm I, interested in seeing but something it's the, badger so or. if you 
If you go on safari in Africa and you come back, what's the first question someone's going to ask did you? Did you see a lion? Did you see a lion? What I so did of course see, you want to say yeah. What I did see, which was amazing. So when I'd gone out and uh, Cape Buffalo, water buffalo, have you ever seen mm-hmm, one? Yeah. Big? Well, you know, they're part of the big five. So they say if you see one, it's one of the big five. You've seen it. Well, there must have been a migration when we was there and we, we just drove up this bit of, uh, up this road and then well, there was these planes and, there was hundreds and thousands of them. Yeah? Yeah, and the lions had been tracking them and they come across the road and I've actually got some really good video and the dust, you know, they bring up and the sound of them moving and they went down into the water and, you know, we spoke to them with the car and they were running. It's just, it's amazing to see that many Cape Buffalo. Yeah. There's something, you know, just so lucky. Every time I've been to Kruger, I've seen something different. Yeah. We got charged by an elephant, like, you know, giving it the the bellowing out and yeah. uh, other bits and bobs. I think you know. sent me that video, didn't you? Yeah, there's yeah. parts of the the trip, like just even on the way to Kruger, driving to Kruger through the Long Tom Pass and through the mountains, 30 miles through the mountains. It's like Molly said, it reminded her out, of, you know, when you're looking down at the landscape and the, from the mountains coming down, all the, so it looks like something from Lord of the Rings. It's yeah, just yeah. amazing. And even things like that, you know, were, were great memories from the trip. Uh, yeah, I think if you're going, if you're going on something like that, if you're going somewhere like that, and you leave gutted or upset because you didn't see a lion, I think you've missed the whole point. I think you've not, you've gone for the wrong reasons. Yeah. I think if you're going and you're leaving, thinking, oh, I didn't get to see a lion, like yeah, dickhead, that's like what you came to see a lion. Go to Bristol Zoo. We got them in Bristol Zoo. Like you're going. To a part of the world that is so unique, you—it's the experience that you're taking in, exactly. the environment, the smells, the sounds, the views—that are unlike anything else. And because you didn't see a lion, that ruined it for you. Like, yeah, there's, you're a there's, dickhead. There's so many other things I could talk about. I could talk about potholes and swerving. The minutes would, you know. Driving out there, you I mean, just, I'm up for listening to killed. some stuff, Nige, but potholes. I think maybe well, we should look at. Yeah. Maybe we'll go to a different subject. Sort of, maybe we can swerve potholes, you mate. You talk about how the roads and how they're built now. You know, when obviously, well, we won't we won't go down a pothole route actually. <laughs> yeah, let's not. Some other thing, you know. I mean, uh, there was something funny that happened. We part of our trip, we managed to hire this like mansion that belonged to uh, some people that we knew. And I mean, it was a it was a mansion, amazing stone mansion. It had everything from a little. It was full of Africans. Lots of them out there. Oh, there, it was right? amazing. Like it, it was like... This was an amazing place, and uh, we had these huge gates that slid backwards and forwards, and a garage that opened. And of course, out there you've got web security. You're in a place like that, you have to have a, a panic button. And so, first night in there that we get in there, Gary's driving back. And he goes to press the gate, presses the gate, and then he presses the other button. Within a minute or so, arm response are there with guns. What's yeah. happening? And we're like, sorry, mate. So we could tell we'd chased So you're off. on a compound? like No, no. no. A, it's a house, but it's got big fences But it's in the middle it. of nowhere, just on its own, or there's other houses it, around there it? There are a few other houses. Yeah, Dahlstrom's quite nice, but there are a few houses around it, but it's sort of down a hill, and yeah. you know, it's sort of on its own. So there's how far is the nearest house? Nearest house about three hundred yards away. So you're quite secluded. So, but it just the house is enclosed, or there's 
a big fence around this hall. Well, you've got lots of houses doors and uh, yeah, all the houses there have got security. Yeah, you've got, if you live out there, you know, you know why it's you know it's not safe in the way that no, of course. Yeah. Got, I mean, if people people break into your house, if they break into your house, that you know, in England, they break in and rob you. If they break into your house and you're in Africa, there's a very, very good chance they'll kill you as well. It's easier, right? So, so it's easier for them to kill you and then rob you than it is for yeah, them to... Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, it's, it's... Unfortunately, that's one of the downsides of, of the, you know, living out there. But, again, they, they've got really good security. And you pay, you know, you pay for your nose for it. But, you know, what, what, what price do you put on your safety, you know, of your family and stuff? And, and the, like I say, they turned out for a minute with guns and... We had to explain that, you know, we were just staying there and we are really sorry. But Speaking to the mic, mate. Off. Yeah, no, it was a bit cheesed off that we, obviously, we'd, uh, <laughs> we'd sort of pressed the button anyway. So the next night we come and he does it again. He comes no. and he does it again and presses it and they turn up again with guns. And you can tell by that time they really ain't very happy, you know. But yeah, obviously, so twice we called him out. Well, Gary did on consecutive nights, pressed the wrong button. So uh, I bet they sat there dying to shoot somebody. Like dying for it to be <laughs> oh, actual God. robbery. Yeah, you know. So they've been sat there for twelve years. Well, Nils, the bloke who's got all the black members. Nils, yeah, yeah. He, he uh he's a paramedic, but he's breached a lot of state. Well you'll see some footage of me and Molly free handling Mozambique spitting cobras and stuff like that. And that guy, Nils, he's he actually deals with that now. He deals with all the security, you know, on the houses and stuff like yeah. that, which is uh I mean it's not the sort of job you want. He sees some horrendous things, you know. Because South Africa is a brutal country in places, you know. And, uh, but that was, you know, that's part of part of the trip. But you know, we went through Pretoria on the way back, and I just see a, a guy just been obviously dying in the road, and people just walking past like it's an everyday thing, you know. In this it country, is an everyday thing. In this country, if someone was dying in the road, blood pouring out of their head, you you shut the road, or the, you know, yeah. the police had called it all off. They they put blankets over and put shields around them. We were just driving here, sitting in the traffic, and there's a guy with blood pouring out of his head on the side of the road with someone on him, and people just walking past with their shopping bags. Yeah, and but that's life out there, right? Because not it's different. The culture is different. Life's not as valuable there no, as it I'm is very, here. Very, very careful. I mean, when we drive, you know, we drive. I never let anyone box me in quite tightly in the traffic. I always give myself maneuver, but it's just. Our, I think after spending so many times, you know, I've been there so many times now and seen so many things that I just think, you know, that ain't going to happen to me. Yeah, You yeah. know, because I'm I'm aware, I'm very aware of what's going on around me. Yeah. Uh, you know, at night, I mean, on the last trip, the trip before I just went, we would go out, we'd done it this time, we'd go out at night about 10 o'clock at night and we'd drive along the roads and we're looking for snakes that are warming up on the road or just things that we can see wildlife yeah. at night because that's what we like so we're just driving around looking for stuff and I remember last time these three four before vehicles followed me and Gary for about three miles up a dirt track and I was thinking to myself god dear this is this is not a good situation fortunately I said kill the lights and pulling off the road there and he did and they drove straight past uh, which was a bit of a relief but yeah yeah but stuff out there I mean phew. I mean I could talk there were some people recently some friends who uh, who they were an old couple who actually got killed, murdered, uh, in their homes, uh, you know, brutally, and these are people that I'd been to their house, you know, so, Fuck. yeah, so it does Fuck. happen. 
Yeah. It does happen. Not that South like... Africa is a great country, and you know, I'd, I wouldn't want to put anyone off of going there. It's fantastic. And if you do the right thing and you go to the right places, you're not going to have them sort of problems. But, you know, unfortunately. Yeah, but it's it a part of real life. That's just life out there. It's not even like. Um... I mean, I, you, I don't go out. You wouldn't go out around Bedminster at night now, would you? <laughs> 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 it, like. Everywhere in the world's dangerous, and yeah, okay, I guess South Africa's more dangerous than other places, and I guess if you're a female, it's even more dangerous again. Yeah, definitely. But you can't, I mean, I guess you just, you have to just take precautions based around the knowledge that it's dangerous, right? Or you don't go near them. Like, obviously, I base jump. Base jumping's dangerous, but you take as much precautions as you can to ensure it's as safe as possible. The same thing, you you don't you can either avoid it and never go near it and miss out on something that's amazing. Exactly. Or you embrace all the shit that's bad about it, you take that on board and you enjoy all the bits that you can enjoy and not put yourself in a situation where it's, that's it's like you you know some people like you know it's people send you for these bloody horrible videos on your phone sometimes of people getting butchered by Colombian yeah, drug yeah. lords it's really horrendous videos you know like you, I've never until the last few years I've never seen stuff like that before I, 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 you mean since Roy Lupton never, started sending yeah, them to you that's who sends them to never, me never believed that that sort of people could do these sort of things to people because you don't see it but now with mobile phones you do see it so you get people getting their arms and legs chopped off and butchered with knives and, and these places are like, oh yeah this happened in Mexico it's all about you thinking bloody hell I don't want to go to Mexico like, yeah, but, yeah, do you know what I mean? But yeah, you know, people going on. But this there happened, every day. what people forget is that this happened in Mexico to Mexican <coughs> drug dealers or Mexican cartels. This didn't happen in Mexico to Sally in, in, in the Grand. To, yeah, <laughs> to Sally from Hastings, who's who got a club eighteen thirty. Yeah, exactly. It didn't act like was crossing the road in Cancun. Like it didn't. That's not what happened. So, yeah, you you have to understand that. Just because you see those things, it doesn't mean that that's what's happening. Like the most dangerous thing you're going to do in your life is still driving down the road every day. It's going to be the most dangerous thing most people are going to do. They're going to get in their car no, and they're going to drive. I think it's more dangerous. Yeah, but not every, every day, not, not many people, not the percentage of people driving motorbike that do a, a car. So if you take the majority of people, if you take the majority of people, you can use the, a car scenario would cover a lot more people than the motorbike scenario would. So the most dangerous thing is probably going to still be getting in a car for most people. For anyone who drives a bike and gets in a car, of course, riding your motorbike would be exponentially more dangerous than driving your car. But for for the mass general public, driving your car will still be the most dangerous thing you probably do. Yeah, yeah, mate, you're right. I mean, I'll see <clears throat> every day I'm stuck on bloody motorways because someone's crashed. And I, yeah. you know, five out of ten times they're normally dead. Yeah, yeah, you, exactly. You know, when you put someone in charge of a lump of steel that goes, you know, a lump of iron that weighs two ton and goes 100 mile an hour, then there's going to be a problem, isn't there? Yeah, exactly. So, and, I mean, you can't you can't be scared of driving. You can't be scared of going to South Africa. You can't... I, I mean, I've stayed in the middle of LA. I've stayed in Compton. <laughs> like, people are like, oh, what are you doing? I'm like, it's all right. You're going to Motel 6. Yeah. I said, but... Would that be I'd go into Motel 6, i shut my motel door, I could be anywhere in the world. But didn't you anywhere. live in a van for months? Yeah, but before, 
did I have my van then? No, I didn't have my van then. So I went to like, uh, I was training at Black House. Now, Black House, Black House is obviously where um, Anson Silva, Lota Machida, uh, lo- uh, lots of top USC guys go. So I knew Kenny Johnson. So Kenny Johnson's like, come over, dude, come and train. So I went and started training there. So I trained there for a couple of months. And uh, it's in the middle of LA. So LA's a fucking nightmare to, to place to be traffic wise financially so Compton's not too far down the road do you know what I mean so I stayed on Bellflower and Downey is the name of the two roads the intersection of the two roads I think it's quite famous in the area so I stayed Bellflower and Downey in a Motel 6 and sure it was like police sirens all the time and one day I went out for a jog on a night came home stopped got a it's called a Snapple you, you've got my video now Snapple, Snapple. Yeah. yeah so I had a Snapple went in my room and uh, watched some TV went to sleep got up in the morning went to go to the same shop around the corner the shop assistant had been shot in the middle in the night the like, oh, there was a robbery what's it called it's called something, isn't it? A number, they call it. Um, yeah, What's um, it called? Come on, it's really well known. Oh, come on. <coughs> you don't know, do you? Shame we ain't got a phone in. Someone can phone in and tell us. <laughs> it's um, a, a ten... No, not a... I was going to attend something. It's not a 10-4. It's like a CB thing. One four, one four for a copy. Nine eleven ten four. <laughs> Nine eleven ten four. Oh. Breaker, breaker. No. Oh, I can't remember what they're called now. Um, but they called it something, didn't they? One eight seven. No, that's the bus that goes from Bristol to. I don't know. <laughs> it's not. Look uh, it up. Look it up. Google time. Uh, let me have a look then. It's called. Check. It's called something. It's a. It's a number. When yeah. they hold somewhere up, you know. They. It's. No, this is, he, he shot the guy. Yeah, but you're probably trying to rob him. Yeah, he robbed the shop and shot that's the guy. That's what I said. Yeah. That's why it is. So, called... what is it you wanted a number of? The murder or the? Yeah, it's called it's called something. When they say, "Yeah, we've got a something something going on at I don't know, Snapple Bar." Yeah, Snapple Bar. What's it called? Oh, doing me head in now because I'm. Yeah, it's me actually too. on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. You know what I mean, though, don't you? Know where I'm coming from. Yeah, I do. No, no, exactly so what you mean. Times. I do know exactly what you mean, but I can't think of it. No, I don't know what I said. A nine eleven. Nine eleven. It's pretty bad um, taste that one. Yeah, there's a nine eleven going on. I don't know what it is, mate. I don't know. How I, I don't know what to Google to find it. I'm looking for it now, but you know, when this podcast goes on, loads of people are going to comment and ask me to say, "Yeah, they're going to be shouting." But people are it, shouting at us now down yeah, there. It's this idiot. One eight seven's a homicide. No, it's not a homicide. It's a, it's a call to something. There's a something, something in progress. Come on, what is it? I can't think of what it is. It's really annoying me. Okay, well, m- murders are one eight seven because I know that it was one eight seven because of that song. Your love is a one eight seven, sending me to heaven. You know that song? No. <laughs> what? <laughs> Never what do you mean? It's an R and B song from like the nineties or something. Who sang it? Um, uh, love is a one eight seven. You'd be like Keith there. Sweat or someone. Keith, um, Keith Sweat. <laughs> Yeah, you've not heard Keith of Keith Sweat. Keith Sweat. <laughs> not heard of Keith Sweat. On earth. Hold on. Whitehead Brothers. Here we go. The one, the one. Whitehead Brothers. Here we go. 
shit, this is a song. You, uh, you might hear it when it comes on. You might think, oh no, I heard that, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but when you sang it, it sounded nothing like that. <laughs> you heard that song before? No, never. What? But you've heard of Keith Sweat or you haven't heard of Keith Sweat? <laughs> Keith Sweat. Right, I'll say, you heard of Keith Sweat. I guarantee you've heard of this song. I'm not going to name you the song because you'll know it straight away. You've got to have heard this song. I mean, you're a lot older than me, but you must have heard this song. I'm pretty good at it. This was like the tune. This was like the dancing with a girl tune. You could be out in a club. This song came on. You look at a girl, you're dancing. No matter what, there was no... So don't long, know it already? It's a long intro. You don't know this song already? I'm normally, I can normally be really good on Mate. intros. You know you are, well you know my love Please stop singing. You ain't never going to make an R&B You've singer. You've never twisted never. by Keith Sweat. No. No, I haven't. This was the joint, honestly. <laughs> so we're like... 18, 19 years old, be out in a club like me and the clerk who you met, the me and clique. the boys. Yeah. We like Keith Sweat Twisted came on. That's not. It's wet panty night. It is on. No, you look at any girl. There's no. If this song came on and you're so there a single guy, was, was, and there's was, a girl who's not dancing with a guy, you're dancing with her. There's no. You, I'm not saying that, you're that fucking, you're but you're looking, desperate. you're dancing. That means you're desperate. If there's only there's one girl left, Keith, and it's the listen, last one. It's Keith Sweat That's twisted. not when you were younger. You there's no the... desperate. It's <laughs> Keith Sweat <laughs> twisted. Listen, listen you, there, was, there was always a time when you were at parties when you were younger, and like, and everyone would grab one of the birds, and suddenly you realised that they were running out, the birds. And then you had to ask yourself, fuck it, do I... Do I go with the other one? <laughs> Mate, I've got a, uh, I've got a, uh, a bit I've been working on for stand-up comedy, um, which is based around that. I'm not going to talk about it here, obviously, but uh, I'll talk about it. I'll, I'll do it to you after when we finish the podcast and stuff, but it's a bit I've been working on for stand-up. I've done it once and it went down pretty good. So, uh, yeah, I've been working on a bit just based around that, basically. There was, when I was younger, okay, so I'm talking about sort of early 20s, uh, I was talking about Gravesend a lot. Uh, if anyone's listening to this, like people like Ricky Seller, uh, uh, it's well, there was. I'm not going to mention any names, but we used to go apart from Ricky Seller. We used to go through him straight sorry, under Rick. the bus. Sorry, Rick. <laughs> no, not mentioning any names. No, Ricky Gary Watkins, is the other one. <laughs> no, and, and, but we used to knock around. There was a lot of, We all played football. Sort of was a Saturday, but there was a, one house we used to go around. Uh, and it was a, there was a girl and her mum used to live alone and so everyone used to go and doss around around there and that and I'll always remember that like the things that went on in that house everyone said yeah we're going around there tonight and all that like, I won't say the name because it's a bit old but like yeah we're going to go around there tonight and everyone used to go around on Friday, Saturday night after they'd been at the pub do you know what I mean and it was like Ooh. some bad shit how many people were we talking some bad you know like I'm talking like eight or nine of us Ooh. and there was always some but the bad shit blokes or blokes and girls blokes and a few girls but it was, yeah. it was always that like, was always we had someone like that it was called Mars's flat because your sister <laughs> yeah. yeah we'd all Mars, go out mate, to this. literally so it would be like Mars <laughs> couple of her friends me and the clique we'd all go out we'd cut like 
even if we hadn't been out with them, they could have been off anywhere. Be like three in the morning, getting home from town. We'd all come back to stock. We're like, where are we going? At Mars's. <laughs> we'll just knock on the door. If she didn't answer, we'd let ourselves in by putting a stick through the letterbox and yeah, stuff. This, I mean, they're always, you know, these places you got, they're always a shithole. Yeah, There's no, this always, one is shit, to be fair, it's immaculate. Go through their fridges to get their food out and stuff. These are people's homes. Oh, regularly we'd get back there at three o'clock in the morning and we'd be cooking potato waffles and beans or something. Oh, no. or whatever Mars had in her fridge, always, yeah. There's always someone got gear, always someone smoking or When you say Charlie, gear, well, we've got to be careful because <laughs> gear is what we would have never said got gear because that's heroin right there or steroids. <laughs> So, either everyone's going back for a heroin party or a steroid party. <laughs> no, we'd be but like, that. you know, they'd be they'd on be, the sniff I mean, or I something. Never, yeah, I never smoked, so I never was interested in smoking in smoking puff or anything because I never smoked. So I was always quite fit, playing yeah. football and stuff. And but you know, some of the lads and that were proper stoners. Yeah, they go back there erect. You know, I used to smoke a fair bit of weed back then. Like now I'll smoke weed every now and again or something if I got an injury and if I need to sleep or if I've trained really hard and I can't sleep then maybe so every um, day then yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but so maybe but back then I smoked a fair bit of weed now though I couldn't smoke weed and be in a social environment so I wouldn't do it now but back then yeah like we'd go back we'd there's, smoke a joint or there's something. been a few situations you know but it's been ha- houses I don't know what you would call them but like there was another guy who I went out I, I probably won't mind me saying your name was Simon and uh well you dad, haven't really narrowed it down to be fair you're not throwing him under the bar <laughs> no, not like poor Ricky no but, no, <laughs> no, but like but but there's a uh, there's this guy called Simon he came to high school late he came from London and uh, him and his his family moved down uh, from London and his dad was a bit of a fucking criminal and it, they ended up doing an armed robbery and fucking shooting old Bill and that. His old man did? Yeah, and he went, he got banged up for it, done bird, and then everyone, once his old man was inside, it's fuck it, everyone used to go around there. And his mum was like a tarot card reader and stuff, so we threw a little bit in the mix and all that. And his mum was he crazy. Yeah, a couple of sisters. Yeah. Who, like, you know, who were half tidy, to be honest. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember having some wild times around there. Yeah. So and like you know, his mum's was called Adele. 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 His mum's name really throwing him under the now and now, mate. And we used to call her Adele the Spell. (laughs) (laughs) My mum used to do like Adele the Spell, and she used to she used to like if anyone was not mouthy, she used to say that she was a witch and that she'd get a bell book and candle out and put a curse on them. And of course, we was fucking young. We used to believe her. We was like 18, 19. We was like, fuck that. Don't piss her off. Because like she put a spell on us. My mum used to, uh, my mum used to do a bit of tarot and that. Little crystal ball reading and stuff like that. I, like, I'm not, it's a weird one for me because like I'm quite spiritual as in I like to think that we're all sort of tuned to a frequency and there's a spirit in us and we're not just a, a vehicle uh, we're not just a, a body or something that di- I like to think that we're a spirit and we live on. You know, I'm quite quite spiritual like that. And I believe in, I believe in, I don't know if I do believe in ghosts, but I believe in an afterlife. So, but I think my mum was bollocks. I think she was just taking 40 quid off people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, turn it like, over turn yeah, it over as soon as you oh, see that fucking skeleton card yeah, you just tell them something bad mate, it was always Ooh, Queen of Cards never showed up not the fucking 
Not the not the hanging man card. Yeah. That's fucking. As soon as you see that go yeah. over, you know you're in trouble. Exactly. You're like, Fuck it. I don't. So I don't know. Like I do. I believe in stuff, but I don't know what it is exactly that I do believe. I.e., so I believe that there's something. Yeah, people, people going through your fucking bin bags find a lot of stuff yeah, like Facebook believe, and then going let, no, so and somebody said to me the other day my friend's going to see a psychic soon don't, oh don't you fancy that now your mum's passed and I don't know if I believe it like I don't know if I like for me I'm just a bit why do these people talk in riddles? If my mum wants to contact me, why is she coming forward and saying, oh, I've got this person. Does the letter J ring a bell? That's I've the got one. the numbers five and three. Are they saying anything to anyone? Like, what? Well, you hadn't spoke, you had MS for the last eight years. You've not said a word to me and this is what you come up with? For fuck's sake, I've travelled to fucking Cardiff for this and you've come up with the letter J, five and three. I'll go out on a limb, yeah, it's me. It's not, it's Julius from other... Like, do you know what I mean? You're not... It, that, for me, I'm just a bit like, well... And then people are like, yeah, but... You the people, don't you? Well, it's fucking grasping. Sort of the, they've just lost a loved one and fucking didn't do anything to talk to them. Oh, yeah, 100%. They fucking turn up yeah. and these people milk them. Yeah, like, I mean... They go, they go along, they're like... Oh, you've lost someone close to you. Well, fucking course you have. Yeah, fucking, you're, what are you here? I'm fucking 55. Yeah, I'm 55 and I'm here. I'm not 55, by I mean, the way. I'm just clarifying yeah. I'm 49. <laughs> yeah, but you, like, you're 55 and you're there. That would tip that immediately. You've narrowed down the chances that someone's going to have passed recently. But so, but then I don't want to completely quash it because I don't. I think there has to be something because I've seen one who what, who said some weird no <laughs> um, like a, a, a medium I saw a medium she may have been a large oh yeah <laughs> no it's all medium and uh, she said some stuff that I have no idea how she would know it like no idea there's just no way that she would have known these things so it made me I am sceptical, of course, still. I would always be like, meh. And I wouldn't probably waste my money doing it. And if I went there and my mum didn't come through, then I'd be a bit like, well, why the fuck does she want to speak to me? Like, so, <laughs> I don't I don't know where my belief truly lies. Are they just scammers? And somebody said to me the other day that I didn't, I didn't really realise because I didn't pay much attention to this sort of stuff. But they were saying that these people aren't contacted in the verbal form or sometimes it's more a like a visual thing so this person just sees things like they might see shapes and this shape that they see let's say they see a green triangle to that person a green triangle means it has to be a female and then they see a green triangle and something else. So that means it has to be a female and she has to be white. Or, or whatever it is, you know. It's like symbolism or some weird form of mnemonics that just correlates the, the, the pieces together. I so they a, have I to saw, decipher that. I saw a red triangle the other day. Yeah. Fucking, if I'd be going fucking, if I'd gone a bit faster, mate, I'd have hit this white car right up the arse. <laughs> <laughs> but, so if that's true... If it is more of a visual thing or like a something that they have to mnemonically <coughs> create, so you're not seeing it, you're just uh, so you're not 
so you know having something said to you you're seeing things then I can understand how things can be confusing. I don't, oh, I don't I know. Or either the, that or it's just bullshit. On the night my mum died, I saw something. I'm not going to go on about it because I, I, I did say something about it. I've said something to a few people, but I did see something the night my mum died. And it yeah. completely changed my opinion on uh, on all that. I do actually believe there's something, there is something. I don't know what it is, but yeah, definitely something happened that night, <coughs> which like really, really sort of affected me. So, uh, but you know, life goes on, and I've I just I just keep the opinion now that I know that there's there is something there, but I, I, I'm not interested in sort of finding out what. I just I just know. Yeah, but you're not interested in finding out what you've got no curiosity as to what it may be. Not, not, not really, do you know what though? It's, is it is it enough to make you believe that your mum is still here? Not here, but somewhere. No, or or at, here may be the wrong word, but there, then your mum is still... Yeah, 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 listen, there's I don't an energy. think she's completely gone on. An energy, definitely an energy, 100% yeah. an energy, because what I saw, I wasn't pissed. I was a bit tired, but look, I know I'm a logical person, you know, and I, I, I saw what I saw. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And you know what, I, as soon as that happened... I, I just looked I it's funny because I'd, I'd st- what happened was my mum as you know I'd been with her for three days and then you know as soon as I went out she passed away and then I saw what I saw and things happened and then as soon as I, I saw that I didn't even look at my mum again on the bed I just turned and walked out of the hospital and I felt happy yeah I felt happy I know that sounds strange but and it was like a big relief when you know when you're there with you know, I was there with my mum for three days watching her suffer, not suffer, but she was just, you know, she was just there existing. And uh, it was sort of a relief when she passed because I, I felt you know, bloody hell, you know, because I was just sitting there for three days. And yeah. she, could, that could have gone on for three weeks, Wes. Look, up, you know? so obviously I had it for years. Yeah, well, that, that's why I found so. it, you know, when I spoke to you about it before and said, wow, you know, you, you'd <clears> seen your mum in that condition for like, for a long, long time, and you know, yeah, and I think, uh, like caring for my mum <coughs> from when she started to get ill to having to shower, to having to help her go to the toilet, to seeing her go into care, to seeing her slowly deteriorate, to seeing her not being able to communicate, to seeing to all the stages was really bad. And then, so when my mum passed, it was a day that I'd chosen to do my first ever flotation tank. So, in a flotation tank. You go, you get in a tank and it's the same temperature as your body and it's like salt water basically, Epsom salts and you float on this tank and it's completely pitch black, completely silent, the water is the same temperature as your body so you lose all sensory perceptions and you're just literally alone with like your thoughts or you meditate or you can do whatever you want in there, you know. Not a bit um, in space. Kind of, yeah, like it's just... Like, amazing, like, really spiritually, like, and lots of athletes use it for rehabilitation of muscles, etc. Because you're weightless, effectively, so your muscles are just supporting themselves. Like, it's an experience, you should do it, definitely. So, it's the first time I'd ever done it. I, it was a day, so I got, just before I went in the tank, I had a phone call. I literally, I'm stood in my boxes, about to take my boxer shirts off, and I had a phone call. And I took it, my phone was on silent as well, but I took it. It was a care home. I said, uh, Wesley just letting her mum's really not well 
Um, we've called the doctor. We're not sure how soon she can be here, but mum's in a really bad way. I said, we give her oxygen. They said, we can't give her oxygen because it needs to be prescribed by the doctor. But she's really struggling to breathe. So I'd had that phone call 20 times, let's say. So I was like, okay, well, I'll ring my sister and let my sister know. And we'll get somebody to come over. So in my head, I put the phone down. The second I put the phone down before I rang Mars, I thought, this is the one. And I was thinking to myself, it's like, get in my car and try and get there. I mean, I'm in the centre of Bristol. This is up in Woodchurch. It would have taken me, you know, like 25 minutes to get there, let's say. I'm thinking. And part of me was like, you know what? I've ran across town lots of times before. I've flown home from countries lots of times before. I've cancelled holidays and, and nothing's happened. If it is this time and she goes, am I okay with it? And I was like, yeah. So I rang Martina. So Mars had the phone call. She said, okay, I'll ring the care home right now. She rang. I put the phone out to her. Got in the flotation tank. 20 minutes to go by. I hear a banging at the door. The second I hear the bang on the door, I think, oh, I know what's happened. Like, just knew. Like, you just know. The woman's banging on the door. Wesley. So like, yeah, she, can you come out here a second? I was like, right. So, because I have my phone on silent, they've obviously been trying to call me. So I knew what happened. I, uh, she said, you need to ring home really quickly. I said, okay, thanks. Knew what it was. So just picked up the phone, rang Martina. She obviously told me what happened. Boom. I think I came, I said, I think I rang you. Did I ring you? Yeah, you yeah I came to so I rang you. Guys, so I rang you and then went up and saw mum. And But I think I knew, I just knew, like as soon as I had that phone call, I knew, but I had to assess if it's now, am I happy with it? Am I happy with it? And I did. I was like, well, yeah, because if I tried to, to get in my car and get across town and I missed her by two or three minutes, I'd be gutted. Because I'd have really tried to get there, you know? Yeah. If I, Because I accepted... Like, I'd said goodbye to my mum so many times, mate. And she was still there. I'd issued a do not resuscitate. I'd had doctors ring me. Martina ring me crying. Doctors just rang me. we got to get there. Doctor, don't think she's going to make it by the weekend. I go there and the doctor meets me in the hallway. Wesley, I think this is going to be... if I, I can't do anything till Monday now from what I've done. If we've still got a chance on Monday, I think we'll be lucky. I walk in the room, I take one look at her, and I'm like, she's fine. And they're like, what? I'm like, she's fine. A couple of coughs in a minute, she'll be sat down, she's absolutely fine. And all the nurses will be like, no, where's I'm like, she's fine. I'll sit down, I'll hold her hand, she'll open one eye, she'll see as me. Ten minutes later, boom, completely normal, perfect. And they're like, I don't understand. They don't like, we've called the emergency doctors out and that. I'm like, yeah, I just know. I just know. Like, I know my mum, she's fine, I could just tell. So... I'd been through that, I'd been through ups, I'd been through downs. So I accepted, if I don't get there, I don't get there. But I'm not going to rush to try and get there to say goodbye and miss it or get there to say goodbye and she doesn't go. So I accepted it and I did what I did and, you know, I didn't get there. But my sister put the phone down to me, rang the care home. By the time she'd put, by the time she'd rang the care home, my mum had passed. So I wouldn't have even got dressed before she'd have passed. So it was... it was fine anyway, you know. I didn't miss out on anything. It was fine anyway. Um, but I think once you see those things, accepting that loss, 
becomes easier. And I think for you, the dread was your mum passing because she got ill on such a short period of time. Yeah. Or <coughs> she went downhill so rapidly. So I think for you, accepting what could happen was the hardest part. So when it happened, you don't have anything to accept anymore. It was done. Boom, that was it. That's why I'd accepted it for a long time I'd, ago. I'd you know? dreaded it for a long time because I'd seen other people. Obviously, you know, I'd as you get older. I mean, I mean, I'm I'm 49 now. So as you get older, you see, you know, people die around you and that sort of thing. And and you know, I'd sort of seen other people's mums and dads dying, and I was like, God, I dread it. I hope that never happens to me. And then suddenly, it was on me. Yeah, yeah, and it happened, and it was within two weeks. It was it. Yeah, and I think sometimes you know, maybe that's a good thing. You know, I don't know. I think dragged out I would I just... have rather your situation than mine, definitely. To see my mum go through that for six and a half years, yeah. and to be at points, I came back from America after being away for a year, and the, they were like, she doesn't communicate anymore. She won't even blink to people. She said, acknowledge that you're there. I walked in, and I was like. Mum, hello, mum. She looked at me. I was like, blink if you can hear me. And she blinked immediately. And they were like, she hadn't done that in a year since you've been gone. Boom, immediately. So then I'd come in right up till the week before she died. I'd be like, mum, are you in pain? She'd blink. Okay, is it your left leg? No blink. Is it your right leg? She'd blink. She was still. And they were like, (coughs) we all thought that she was gone. Like mentally she'd. So I would still have rather because. I'd go in every day and sit with her, hold her hand, talk to her. Sometimes she'd look at as me. She'd go, she'd make this noise. She'd sit as me. She'd be like, ah, like a big You'd done the face excel. then. You're doing the face then. Oh, well. yeah. A big XL and she'd lay there. And I'd sit there then for the next two hours and I'd think, I wonder what she's thinking. wonder what she's thinking. wonder if she's led there thinking about everything. wonder if she can only remember the time I called her a bitch. I wonder if she can remember shouting at me as a kid. I wonder if she's remembered the nice times. I wonder if it is that she's... And you have that continually. As well, when it happens quick like your mum's did. I'd have preferred quicker than you went, than your mum went. But when it happens quick like that, you don't have a lot of time for all those thoughts. You don't have the doctor ring you 15 times to say it might be today. You don't yeah. rush home. You don't cancel holidays. So I would prefer that personally because I'd been through what I'd been through. But you obviously saw my mum deteriorate and you saw yeah, my mum in the condition that she was in yeah. so only you know which one you would prefer you know both went so soon like oh, I think mad. so I was very prepared for my mum but I was amazed how unprepared I was like it still hit me for six do you know what I mean like yeah. for weeks afterwards I would go to turn the corner to go to my mum so I'd think oh I've got to get home because I got oh no I haven't and I was surprised at how much it hit me. It's a bit like that even for me though now. I was prepared. Because <coughs> obviously, Molly still lives at like the family home, so I still drop them sometimes, you know, when I go in there. And, you know, it's just so weird. Yeah. You know, I come home from work and <clears throat> walk in, and the cat's there. But it's just, she's not there like, like the other day. Uh, the ashes were on the table sitting next to where she used to sit yeah yeah and it's really really strange you know that someone's presence can be missed so much when you go into it it's like you know I only really know the house when my mum was in it it doesn't feel like you know it doesn't feel like home anymore no so when my mum first went into care I can remember the first night she ever went into care I drove home, because I fought it for a long time, but she went into care. I drove home, and I came in, I shut the front door, 
and it was like everything had been taken out of the house. It was like, although everything was still here, all the furniture was still here, nothing had changed. Yeah, my mum had been gone for four hours. I shut the door and it was like everything had been taken out, like I'd been burgled. That's yeah. how it felt. It felt like I'd been That's burgled, the you know? That you get, isn't it? Yeah, it's and weird. then the, the day that my mum passed, I came in the house, I shut the door, and it was like I'd been burgled again. It was exactly the same thing. Although I'd lived here for six years without my mum, it was like I'd been burgled again. It was just really. It was really weird, but it was re- I think it was really uh, like either you're a really bad thunder stealer and couldn't <laughs> let me have my moment when my mum died. For- <laughs> oh, hang on a minute, he's not having this. I'm not having I'm it not- all about Wes for a week. My mum's died better than yours. <laughs> my mom, yeah, and my mum died as well. No, or it was nice. I think those sort of things. It's because you. I go for I. I've been through this with obviously my sister and my brother, but my sister has a bloke, three kids, my brother has a missus and a child. I live alone. I don't have a girlfriend. I don't have a long-term girlfriend who I've been seeing on and you, off. You, my friend, are one of life's losers. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, obviously, I had you for, you rang, obviously you were there as much as I needed you. Any of my friends were, I had great friends, but you don't have anybody, even if they've been through it, you don't have anybody who sit in there, they know, and then boom, five days, six days later, your, your mum passes, and it's like, bam, we, like, we're there together, you know? Like, yeah. So I can be there for you, and it sort of lifts a burden a little bit because yeah, you know definitely. there's somebody else who at that exact time is feeling exactly what you're feeling. What I will say to people who are listening is that if you have still got your mum, then you ought to spend more time going around and see her because there's plenty of times when I've gone out of the house and not even said goodbye to my mum yeah and they're the things that you regret later on you think bloody hell I could have made a bit more effort you're always going to think that as a person but I would say anyone you know your mum's a really important person to you and if you and if you are listening and you have still got your mum then you ought to go around and I I spend more time with them like I can't I can't state that enough because people always used to say to me, uh, how often did your brother go? How often did your sister go? You go every day, sometimes twice a day. Sometimes you're there two hours a day. Sometimes you're there four hours a day. They're like, you go so much. And I'm like, yeah, because that's where I want to be. Like I know when my mum passes, I'm not going to sit on my sofa and think, I should have gone more, should have gone more, should have gone more. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to wish I'd gone more but I'll never think I should have gone more. When yeah. Every single day. Sometimes it would be one o'clock in the morning driving home from Falconry and I'd go to the care home and I'd sneak in around the corner and I'd think, please don't be awake. Because if she was awake, I couldn't leave. I'd stay. If she didn't fall asleep for four hours, I'd stay there till five in the morning until she fell asleep. So I'd peek around the corner. She's fast asleep. I'd watch her, just see her breathe. I'd walk out again. And people used to say about, about Ash and Mars. I'm like, they don't need to go as much as I do, they need to go just enough so that when she passes, they can say that they went enough. You know, that's it. So that might be once a month, once a year, once every six weeks. As long as when she passes, they're not ever saying, I wish I'd gone more, wish I'd done more, wish I'd gone more, wish I'd done more. Don't need to do anything for me. It's not like it's a burden for me. People say, oh, well, don't you think that they could have gone more? No, I don't. It's none of my business. Like, I don't think, well, I went every single day. You should have gone three days. It's not like that. 
as long as when your mum passes, you can look and you can say, I'm happy, I did as much as I did. You'll always think, I wish I spent more time with my mum. Of course you will. But as long as, like for me now, I know I spent as much time with my mum as I feasibly could. And I enjoyed loads of the times when I was just sat reading a book to her or whatever. And I still, even though I can say that, I still think... What if her last memories was about when I was horrible to her? Yeah. Because she... I used to go out my mum's house and she'd go, oh, have you made sure you don't? I'd go, mum, shut up, stop being a div. Yeah. I'm yeah. saying things to her. But I'm I mean, I'm talking like, like even when I was like 15 like... or something and you're adolescent and you're full of spunk and you're angry and I'd be <coughs> arguing with my mum and you'd be like, oh, fuck off and you'd slam the door and I'd think, what if, what if every time I speak the memory of my voice is me telling her to fuck off and slamming the door. Whatever. Yeah, no. And it's just insanity. It's your own insanity and you'll drive yourself crazy thinking like that. So I did those things not as a guilt. I wasn't guilty about those. But I thought to myself, look, I, I, I thought about them things, you know, because you don't know. You don't know if that's what people think. And everyone be like, don't be stupid. Like, let's think of all the amazing good memories. And yeah, they do far right way. But... You think of those things. So I think to myself, as long as when your mum passes, you can say you you feel like you did enough. You know, if you don't, if there's a tiny part of you that when you listen to this thinks, well, I don't know if I... Then do, go and spend a day with your mum this tomorrow. Don't wait till Sunday. Don't wait. Go tomorrow. Spend an hour with your mum. If your mum's an annoying, nagging cow, but you love her to death... Go and listen to her be annoying and nag at you because one day she won't annoy you, she won't nag you. Yeah, you know, it's the same with my nan. She was, my nan was always moaning and stuff like that and I said, oh God, nan's doing me head in but, you know, when they're gone, they're gone and, you know, they can't yeah. come back. Yeah. No, that's, exactly. That's, that I remember the... your Auntie Irene. She used to come round <coughs> and she'd say, again. she'd stay and sometimes I could see you sat there thinking, oh, bugger off. Because she'd stay for hours. We'd be sat in your house and she'd be there for hours. And she'd like, oh, go now then, Nigel. And then like, we'd drop her round or, or she'd drop, whatever, do you know what I mean? And she'd go, and then when she wasn't there anymore, you'd think to yourself, well, Think of the times when she'd be here for four or five hours and you'd think, fuck her off, I really don't want to go out or I want to... And then it's not the, the opportunity, it's not there anymore. And they want to come around and look after the dogs like. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. Come on, all right, I want to come, come around and sit with the dogs Come tonight. around for the weekend. We yeah, want to go out with the, the weekend. <laughs> we're going away for the weekend. Can you look after, come around and look after the dogs? Yeah. She did end up... Because when, when she before she got in that flat, she did actually live with me and Abigail for like... For a year. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, imagine what that was like. Yeah, hard work, I bet. Yeah, but it was, but, you know, you know, she's not here anymore, but, you know, I grew up with my mum and my auntie Irene, you know? Well, yeah, your only uh, child whose dad wasn't really around that much, so... Yeah, and, like, and I think the thing that a lot of people, when my, when my mum passed, a lot of people said, oh, you've got to remember how proud she was of what you've done with, you know, you always wanted to work in the zoo and stuff, and then you worked in the zoo, and all the time, the television stuff, she'd always go, oh, my boy's on television tonight, and that's yeah, all, yeah. all that sort of stuff, you my know. My mum was the same. Yeah, like, I know, and like, you know, you think about it like that, it's, but, you know, 67's not old, really. No, my mum was so. 64, like, it's just, I mean, obviously my mum had a, an illness, so it's a bit different, my mum had MS for a well, long time. My mum had an illness, but we didn't know about, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. but until, you know, yeah. 
until it happens. So, you know, but I don't know. I'd be happy, I suppose, now looking looking at the state of me now. I'd be happy to reach sixty-seven. Yeah, I wouldn't. I like. Oh, I hope my immortality is real. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Like, yeah. But you look about fifty. That's the thing. Yeah, I do. But I let people punch and kick me in the face, so I'm not worried how old I look. I'm not one of them people. I don't moisturize. I'm gonna bet any forty five on my that face. Beard goes grey. I can't. Oh I'm God. not bothered. Look, got some here. It doesn't. Uh, like I'm not gonna yeah, dye it brown proper, again. Proper Uncle Albert. Yeah, I'm not gonna dye it brown again. It's not. It's aesthetic. Did you dye it? I worry about. Did you dye it? I've never dyed it. No, I would never dye it. Like I just don't. This is not my thing. Like if someone thinks I'm ugly, I'll be ugly then. It's not. Fuck like, you know, imagine that. People say this because obviously my hair's got grey now. And uh, people go, <coughs> would you dye it? Fucking never. Because it'd never look like it was meant to look like, would it? Can you imagine what I look like? I'd look like Professor no, Snape. every other part of you's grey. Like you, you have to dye all your beard, you have to dye everything. I would love, I'd be over the moon to have a full head of hair now if it's grey. I mean, like... You've got full of it, only it's upside down, so you chin. <laughs> I would like. I mean, how fucking weird is that? When you think about it. Oh, mate, it blows my mind there, all right? the time. You've got no hair on your head, it's all on your face. And now on my ears, somewhat as well. Like, I don't get. <laughs> so like, it's inside your ears and yeah, it's nose not in my you ears, though. Um, I just don't. I. I'd love my hair. I'd love a full head of hair. I absolutely would love my hair. People are like, oh, you get a hair transplant? I'm like, fuck. I would ne- if You're I had unlimited though. amount of money, I, I wouldn't. You with a lot of it. But even if I had a lot of money, mate, I would not have a hair transplant. This is the card I was dealt. This is what I'm going with. That's how it is for me. And also, Wayne Rooney spent 30 grand on his hair and he still looks like someone. He's still got to shave it. Like, it's not. You're not going to get your hair back. It's not. That's how it is. Once it's gone, it's gone. And uh, somebody said. Uh, the other day you can't you can't lay seeds on concrete and that's how it is once you <laughs> once it's gone once the follicles are gone they're gone you're not getting it back and uh so for me like um, aesthetics just when don't did you interest start me going bald? 21 probably and i've held on as like i didn't go i didn't lose any for eight just had like a little patch but i could still have hair and then i shaved it for like 10 years and then Obviously, I had like a resurgence about. Do you remember that little while four ago, years when you, ago when you told Top me lot. you was going to grow a fucking ponytail? Pony- I did. And all that. It was so about did I fucking not? inch long. Did I have a ponytail? <laughs> it was inch long ponytail. Did I have a ponytail? An inch long. Did I have one? <laughs> it was an inch long. Hang on. Listen, no one was saying earlier about strippers and the size of your dick. No one was talking about the size of your dick in that earlier, mate. With fucking size dumb. It's the same with a ponytail. <laughs> Ponytail's a ponytail. Well, you would have nine seen a pony with a fucking tail an inch long. <laughs> so, mate, it was a ponytail, right? I used to wear it to work, covering my wear back with a top knot. Yeah, I'd have a top knot, mate. It's not. I you did said it. To me, I said I'm I was going to do it. Like a Viking haircut. Tell me one thing I've ever said to you that I was going to do that I didn't do. Grow a ponytail. Fuck off. <laughs> I had a ponytail and there's pictures and people Fuck trained it wasn't with me. A ponytail. Mate, people saw me it with it. It wasn't a fucking Tong Po, was it? I no, mean, no, I mean, it wasn't, mate. <laughs> but I never said I was going to do that. I never said I was going to have a Ragnar Lofbrook. I would have if I could have. But I had a ponytail. It's that simple. But what have I ever said I'm going to do and I had done? I don't know. a ponytail. <laughs> You're such a prick. Fucking hell. I remember that. That's what people say to me, oh, when did you start going grass? I can't fucking remember. Literally, it was in my 20s. Were you? 
I had jet black hair. I, mean I can't remember how, how black your hair was when I saw you. I thought it was quite black when I first met you. Yeah, but it was. It's only in the last... Since I've fucking known you that it's gone grey. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have that effect on you, no, definitely. No, it's... I don't know. I think I first started going grey in my mid-twenties. But I did have really, really black hair. Really black. But I think that's the, the Chinese thing in me, isn't it? Yeah, it probably is, to be fair. That's your skin t- tone as well, would be that. But I've got a lot of, I mean, I've got a lot of hair. I've got a lot of hair, yeah. It grows really quick. It's not quickly. even receding, really. Oh, no, it grows really quick. Oh, you I look like a badger. But I haven't got thick <laughs> body hair. <laughs> no. no. I haven't got well, any You haven't really got a hairy chest in that, have you? Nah, it's a lot sporadic, a little bit of hair here and there. Yeah. A bit of hair down the bottom of the back, base of the back, on the legs, you know. Yeah, you've only got a little bit on your legs. I've got a lot more hair on my legs than you have, but none of me, none of me not. You used to have really hairy legs, but as you get older, your hairs on your legs sort of. I don't know if that's the case for me. My dad's got legs like a gorilla. I've got hairy legs, got hairy arms. Have you seen Mark Haben? Yeah, it's a hairy motherfucker. Fucking, he's a hairy mother's. Yeah, a hairy... He's fucking funky gibbon. Yeah. Big style. Are you listening to this, Mark? Yeah. <coughs> yeah, he's a hairy bloke, definitely. Yeah, yeah. That's like, another like the fucking Sasquatch. It's another one that gets me is like how hairy some people are compared to others. Why is that? Russians. No, I wasn't thinking. <laughs> I wasn't thinking of a nation or a race. I was thinking of individuals within a nation or within a race. Like, why are you less hairy than I am? I don't. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it's weird, that isn't it? Like, is yeah, that I've got full head of hair, loads of hair, but then body hair. I'm not really. Got a lot of body hair, do you know what I mean? But that's a testosterone thing, I think, hair loss. I think it's associated with testosterone. Yeah. And that would probably work out because I've obviously got a lot higher testosterone than you have. Because you're on gear proper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'd, lo- I'd love to be. I'd love to be on the gear, mate, for the rehab of injuries and stuff. <laughs> I did think to myself, uh, I, was think- I was considering it a couple of weeks ago. Considering oh, maybe I could take a bit of juice. I've never done it. My neck's bad. I want to fight again. Maybe we could take a little bit of juice and rehab injuries and just, you know, have a year of focusing on that. And then this paragliding race, they said that they can test under you. <laughs> I was like, shit! So, no, no juice for me, mate, I'm afraid. So, yeah, I uh, never took it. And I wish I did earlier on in my career because everybody's been on it, it turns out. But, yeah, never took it. So, but I, just I think look, anyone who's been in a serious bodybuilding has been on the gear at some stage. You know, all this bollocks about, you know, it's these fucking huge geezers, like, no fat on them. I mean, people say, yeah, totally natural, mate. mate. Fucking sure I All I don't get is the denying of it. <coughs> like, like, my brother would always be still on the door and people would call, oh, you're a big lad, you train? He's like, yeah, I take gear as well. Like, straight away, like, boom, yeah, I'm on the gear. Unless you're an athlete and you're trying to cover it up, like Lance Armstrong, he could never admit, yeah, I'm on the gear, obviously. But I don't get the point in lying. People are looking at you and straight away thinking, bollocks, you're on the gear. So I would rather people knew I was on the gear and admitted it than think I was a liar. It would... <laughs> people thinking I'm a liar is more offensive than people thinking I take steroids but train hard. Do you know what I mean? I don't get what... Yeah. Why you deny it? You're not fooling anyone. It's funny isn't it, that, <coughs> that you get typecast no when you're on a door. If you're standing there and that. Yeah, yeah, fucking look at him on the steroids. Yeah, fucking cracks me up. That I does. get it. 
me all the time. Oh, oh, you look at you, you big prick on the steroids. I'm like, what? I'm sitting at 83 kilos and five foot ten. I'm not. We got guys next to me who are six foot four and 125 kilos. What? How am I the big prick who's on steroids? What the fuck are you on about? Like, I don't. I, I do get it a lot, mate. Like, or you'll get pissed off with people. Like, listen, you're not. Gonna, like, oh, I too many steroids. Like, what are you on about? Maybe they fucking look at your ears. Yeah, I think it's some sort of fucking weird side effect. <laughs> the side effect of something, mate. Definitely. Okay. I would be the first to admit it. I would be. I don't. Like, people have said to me in my teeth, like, if I Olympic lift within a month, you'll see my body change. I'm really susceptible to lifting. I get. And people have said to me, I'm like, I'll take any piss test, any blood test. At any time, anyone I've ever taken, when I went in the ultimate fighter, one of the I've never failed a drug test, I never will fail a drug test. For this reason, if I've taken steroids and I've got a fight coming up and you're gonna drug test me, I'm gonna tell you I'm on steroids. I don't want I me being called a liar or a cheat would offend me more than me being called a a, 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 a juice head or a steroid head. Hundred percent. Like, I'll admit it. I'll tell you, yeah, I've took steroids before, I took this, this, this. I've never taken them. I, w- I would love to. I would love to take steroids because I've got injuries that I think steroids would probably help. But if I'm competing in a sport where I'm not supposed to take steroids, I'm not taking them. I don't think I've ever lost to anyone because they were on steroids and I wasn't. It's never happened. I don't like. So I see no reason for me to take steroids. To beat people who are beating me with not taking steroids. And if they are taking steroids, you haven't beat me because of them. I know that 100%. So, yeah, I just don't... I'm not against steroids in the slightest. I just think, if you're going to take steroids, tell everyone. And then give your opponent a chance to decide if he wants to fight you. If somebody said to me, yeah, I've been taking steroids for the last year. I'm like, yeah, we're weighing in 70 kilos. Yeah, I can make 70 kilos right now. I'll fight you. I would 100% fight them. If this is me, I'm taking EPO, I'll be like, well, no, I'm not going to fight you. Because you're increasing your red blood cell count. It's going to give you a better oxygen production. So I'm not fighting you, I would say. But if you just told me you were taking steroids, I'm like, all right, I'll fight you. Like, I've trained with 110 kilo guys in the gym, got the better of them, sub them. I'm not worried about fighting you. If I've trained my ass off for three months, but you've taken steroids, I'll fight you then. I'll still fight you. That's me personally. And other people can quite willingly turn around and say to this guy, no, I'm not fighting you then. I, I, it's not steroids for me are one of those things take them if you want to take them but be open everyone should be open about it and if the person wants to fight them they can fight them if they don't they don't yeah, I've never really been interested in it myself because obviously if I was you I'd take them 100% 100% I would be thinking right okay I'm 50 years old like testosterone's dipping in America I'd be on TRT Okay, maybe I'll go to the doctors. I'll get my liver count, my red blood cell counts. I'll get all my testosterone. I'll get everything checked. Maybe it'll cost me two, three hundred quid, but I'll get everything checked out that I need to get checked out. Okay, this is come back deficient here. This is deficient. This is blah, blah, blah. Okay, yeah, well, I'm not going to be planning on having any more kids. I'm not going to be planning on having this. Okay, it says if I look at it, that it would be sensible for me to take a little bit of testosterone, fast acting one, and I would take it if I was your age. Because I'd think, well, maybe that's the reason... I'm tired and getting fatigued because my testosterone's falling short. Maybe it's a reason for it. So I personally, if I was your age, non-professional athlete, 50 years old, I would want my 49, body... 49. 49 years old. 
50 years old I would want my body to be the best that it could be and if that means I have to take a couple of supplements I would take them in your have situation have you fucking seen what fine specimen I am yeah I'd definitely take them <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I would look at TRT I'm not yeah as I say I'm not ma- I'm not against steroids at all I'm against lying and abusing that's it you know I think like the UFC's changed massively since Jeff Nozitsky and uh, USADA have been in. Like the amount of people who've got busted for gear or physiques <coughs> have changed because of gear. <coughs> Look at the. I mean, do you remember, do you remember I was looking at a thing, uh, some pictures of Rita Belfort the other day? Oh, Me, honestly. Oh my God. It's crazy. It's a different person. It's a different it, human it, it, being. Yeah. It's not like, and I don't mean that, like, I don't just mean he looks different. That's a different human being. The human being from five years ago who was fighting is a different man to the person who steps in a cage now. Mentally, physically, emotionally, he will be different. 100%. That's not, but I mean, he was off the scale. His was like, I don't know, let's see a testosterone count has to be 400. It's like 1,500 and something. Like, off the chart, ridiculous abuse, you know? And uh, it's a different person. That's a different fucking person. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just looked like it was someone else's body. Yeah. It's just like... Yeah. It's just like... It looked like... There was two pictures of him. One in, like, I don't know, 2008, and one of them in 2016, and... In that eight years, I think it was 2011 in 2016. Yeah, but it was just uh, the the difference. It just looked like well, it's just completely different. Like yeah, you know, completely a normal body, and then suddenly, you know, this this other body was like just looked like it'd been carved out of stone. Yeah, but that's not just see now people or the ignorant will look at that picture and now think that's just because he took steroids. No, no, obviously he had to train with it. You can't get a physique like that you can't just peep. that's another thing people say oh you take steroids you'll get big you don't you won't take steroids you don't try you just get fucking fat we just well maybe away. not even fat it, it just, just comes out yeah. it's that simple it just comes out or you get a slight water retention you you won't even get fat if you don't eat you won't get fat it's that simple steroids cannot make you fat it, it doesn't the only thing that can make you fat is an excess consumption of calories that's it the same is if you eat a deficit amount of calories till you burn, you will lose weight. That's No matter what else happens, that is 100% true. And it's the same with steroids. If you take steroids, you don't train, you carry on eating as you were eating, you do nothing. Do you know what's going to happen? Nothing. You'd be wasting about fucking 300 quid in a course. What, however <laughs> much a course costs, I don't know. But that's what would be happening. You're pissing it away. So... All these people are like, oh yeah, I can tell, look how watery all his muscles are. No, that's not, it's not what happens. It's not, you don't just take steroids and you inflate with water and get big. That's not how it works. You have to train. And if if you're looking how Vitor Belfort looked and you can fight five, five minute rounds like Vitor Belfort could, you are training your ass off. You are training like a, elite level athlete you should be accredited with being an elite level athlete however you're breaking the rules and the other person who's not doing it it's now not fair i'm not discrediting anything that you're doing 
Your body's breaking up, so you're taking stuff to make you be the elite athlete you once were. You're still putting the work in, but this person who's not doing that doesn't have that booster that you're having. So it's not fair. It's that simple. That's how simple it is. The, the steroids aren't making you the athlete. You still have to be the athlete. Yeah. Right, talking of athletes, right? Got it, you thought? Going to another sport. Going to another sport. Uh, talk to me about Bristol City. What about them? What's happening down at the gate then? Gone to sixth, sixth, dropped down to sixth place. Yeah, still a lot to go yet. Still a bit to go. A couple of wins puts us back up. I think I said to you a few months back, we're having the best season I've seen them play in a long time. But we can't finish in the playoffs. If we finish in the playoffs, we won't go up. Because you never win the playoffs. Never win in the playoffs. Do you know what? It's been a great season for me. Going, obviously, getting down the gate with you. And I felt like uh, when they got City in the cup, it was nice for me to know that I'd been to the games, the lead-up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah. And actually sin and progress and sim from the very first game we went to watch at the beginning of the season when they beat Plymouth 5 nil. yeah I was like wow these are a good side you've got a good side here and I've been impressed I've really been impressed with especially you know when they played Manchester City they really held their own and I don't see why they're slipping down a table I just don't know what's going on because I think stuff. we've I think we've played our players like <coughs> goalkeeper got injured like I think we're burnt we've burnt our first team out I think we have a, we had a very good first team who've played a lot of games this season. And at one point, we played something like five games in two weeks or something. Like, something ridiculous, you know? Yeah, that's a lot it's, of games. It's a lot of games to play the same players over and over again. The same 13 players and over and over again. And you know, some of the games you were playing against premiership opposition. So it's not like, you know... Yeah, look, yeah, something in like a three-week period, we played Man United and Man City twice. It was something stupid like that, you know, like some ridiculous statistic like that. It's just but, uh, you know, a lot to ask of people. Teams like, like, uh, like Palace and Stoke. That's a real. They're, they're real good scalps, and you know, beating them pretty convincingly as well. Yeah. So I mean, if I'm honest, mate, I don't really watch football anymore. I don't like. I couldn't name you the starting eleven at the beginning of the season. I couldn't. Now what's, I can name you a name? few of them. What's his name? Lost his name and finger my bob. Yeah, like I couldn't because it used to be my whole life, mate. I'd watch whatever football match was on. I'd go to the gate every week. I'd play three football matches a week. It was my whole life. Now I literally would rat if Mastermind <coughs> is on and the football's on. I'll watch Mastermind <coughs> unless it's. Bristol City playing or England and they're probably so you think so you think you're gonna with the World Cup coming out you're gonna be interested in watching the England games I'll watch the England games because I'm not I've not I've in the World Cup I'll be excited because obviously you know there's a lot of good players uh, out there you got I mean much as I hate Tottenham Harry Kane is a (coughs) hell of a striker and I think that you know if he can do it on the world stage, we could do, we could. Do. But it's funny. I saw uh, something on the on Facebook the other day. And it said, uh, "For the betting people, if you're going to have a bet, you know, people who don't understand betting, they said England are twelve to one, twelve to one to win the World Cup." Yeah. And do you know what that means? What it means if you put ten pound on England, you'll lose ten pound. Ten pound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. Which was quite funny, but but I mean, twelve to one's good odds. <coughs> like it's not good odds. That's not. 
So if I put a tenner at 120 quid back, that's not that. that not to I, win the World Cup. So I, I, no, I mean, I'd be thinking they'd be like 30, yeah, 35, 40 to 1 minimum. Like, yeah. 12 to 1. Come uh. on. like Yeah, I mean, I just, I don't, I, I, I don't, I've lost touch with it, mate. I don't really, uh, there's not really loads of sport I watch now. Like, even MMA now, mate, even UFC, I've got very, I watch it. I never we miss used a to card. We'd be Skyping each other. Yeah. We'd be sat, you'd be at your house, I'd have Skype <coughs> on, you'd have Skype on, we'd put UFC together three o'clock in the morning, sat there watching it. Now, I still watch every UFC, but, mate, it's just, it's you so, tape it now. You, you don't get up. I get up in the morning, morning, I get up in it. the morning, stay off Facebook, watch it all. That's how, that's how I do it. And, even then, Sometimes I'm watching it whilst I'm on Facebook or something. Or you're, or you're looking at it and you're thinking, fuck I me, mean, this is not very good. And you start forwarding it. Yeah, it's just <coughs> not... It's, you see someone's hands raised and then you watch back and see if yeah. they've got bingo or not. It's not... It's just not... It's been ru- ruined. Like We've got too many UFC cards now. Great for lots of fighters, you know. It means there's a, a plethora of talent within the rosters of the UFC, but... Just it's too much for me to watch and care about. I used to care about UFCs when it was once a month or something. I was excited, man. I was like, "Oh, nice, so and so and so and so fighting." And what do you think's gonna happen? Oh, so and we'd be getting hyped up about it. Be awesome and never miss a countdown. Can't remember last time I watched a countdown. Never miss a countdown and be watching it. Amazing. Now I can't tell you who's fighting one week to the next. Can't just because. Someone's always yeah, fighting. It's, it's got like that. I, I mean, I, I watch probably because I've obviously, you know, I don't have to run the centres anymore. My weekends are free. I've gone back to, as you know, I've gone back to going to West Ham every game, and I'm really enjoying it at the moment. I'm enjoying the Premiership, and like I, I even the fact that you start to watch every bit of football I can on Sky, which is a bit bad, really. But I just feel that I'm sort of. Uh, you know, I just love football again. So I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I grew up, you know, playing my whole life and being obsessed with it. And but, you know, now for this season in particular, I've been really, you know, obviously Ruby's into it now as well. Me, have a daughter, Ruby, and she's yeah. she's into it. She comes with me, and I, I think it's a social side of things now of it as well. And having me weekends back, and it's, yeah, that's I look forward enjoy. to it. I'm not, like, mate. I don't. I can't remember the last time I watched Match of the Day. Okay. I just don't. Just See, I'll go do to it. I'll go to football on Saturday, right? I'll go. I'll leave at half eleven. <coughs> I'll go up to the pub, have a bit of banner, bit of a sing song in the pub with the boys, a bit of chanting. Then, uh, you know, I love all that, all the banner. Then I'll go to the game. Then I'll go back to the pub afterwards. Then I'll get home and I will watch fucking match of the day. Yeah. And watch the game again. Yeah. Or I watch it on. Sky, you know, like the the match of the day on Sky, and I've I've been at the match live, but I'll yeah. still watch it again. Yeah, I I remember when I used to be like that, but I just don't. But then, you don't really have anything else, like. <laughs> uh, but as shit as that sounds, like I paraglide, I skydive, I base jump, I fish, I um, I've got three jobs. I teach classes. I I train MMA. I watch MMA. I do. Like you go to football, you go to work, and you go to the centre. Yeah, I mean, I, I people say, oh, "Don't you miss the centre? Don't you miss the birds every day?" I said, 
I'm doing sometimes, but I can do it. It's like a hobby for me now. I can just go there when I want. Yeah. So fly what I want and stuff. Yeah. I get to fly my, my bird, my arrows. I'm flying most days now yeah. at work, you know. So I'm flying my bird. I'm, I'm shooting. I, I enjoy it. Uh, like I say, football's like my way to unwind now. It's just, I love it. You're yawning now, look. I know, I had a little yawn there. <laughs> uh, yeah, is you are... Uh, we're talking about West Ham. Yeah, it probably is, mate. <laughs> probably just... I won't even go down that just, road. Mate, sport in general just bores me at the minute. Like, I mean, the Winter Olympics has been quite fun to watch. Oh, but now, now you see that? With, now that... See that? I you like can watch... It, look, I, I really like watching golf. Do you watch golf? No, I can't I can't, I can't play golf. I'm useless at golf. I carried for my dad You're, you're talking to someone... Who went in the golf competition two years ago? Yeah, got a wooden spoon. Fucking got a wooden spoon out of seventy-three people. That's how good I am. At Mate, golf. I'm not. Listen, I was I fucking have more, no sli- more slices than Mary fucking Berry. <laughs> it was going up the golf ball. I was hitting the golf ball. People were fucking ducking, <laughs> like a quarter of a mile away to the side of me. I have no problem in thinking that I would have probably come under you. I'm shit at golf. I've never played a full round in my life. No, you're shit I'm at rubbish. table tennis. Behave, mate. You, you know you are shit. You know you don't the beat wind. Someone twenty-one nil. The wind, if the mate. Fucking you wind. Stood the fucking with the wind, wind to, to your back, mate. Oh, you, mate. That, you I can't, I can't, I can't And up here, I was playing up here. That's what you got. Up here. Yeah, the table's on a slant. You know that. <coughs> all right. No, okay. the table's on a slant. Yeah, I suppose I'll give you the fucking wrong bat and all. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually called a paddle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, uh, I I really like watching golf. I'll watch cricket if cricket's on. I don't play uh, it. Do you know what? I watched cricket once, and that was when we won the Ashes. Do you remember Freddie Flintoff was playing in that? Yeah. Uh, do you remember? Who's the other bowler? Tall fella. What was his name? Ian Botham. No, fucking hell. He does fucking erectile dysfunction now. No, uh, no, he was a uh, Graham Gooch. No, fucking, he's a batsman. As <laughs> a, a, he was a tall guy, and he was the bowler and all. It was Flintoff and the other Harmison, wasn't it? Right, yeah. Fucking good bowler he was, wasn't yeah, he? I, don't I remember know. watching. I remember watching that uh, that Ashes, which I really enjoyed. But apart from that, fucking hell, I could cricket is like watching paint dry. As yeah. is, as is a snooker now as well. Oh, I love snooker. Everyone's on about fucking Listen, darts at the moment. If Ronnie O'Sullivan's playing or Judd Trump's playing, I'm on the snooker. What about Hurricanes? Is he still playing? <laughs> <laughs> That's, my name used to be fucking bad. But he used to get all their names wrong. You know, yeah. Like, oh, that Stephen Henry's playing tonight. <laughs> fucking Stephen Henry. Stephen Henry. Do you remember? It was Steve Davis, Stephen Hendry. Uh, John Parrott. John Parrott, yeah. Um, John fucking Parrott. Um, Do you remember Big Bill Werbenock? That was before my time. I think he was a good player. There was Dennis yeah. Taylor. Dennis Taylor. I saw Taylor player. Dennis Taylor. Ray Reardon. Before Used my to be time, the old mate. Pop black, mate. Before my time, mate. Ray Reardon. John Virgo. Alex. John Virgo. Alex Hurricane Higgins. Yeah. John I, uh, Virgo's a ref now, isn't he? No, commentator. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Look, I watch a lot of snooker. Anytime snooker's on, if it's someone who I like, like I'm not a massive Mark Selby fan because he just he's slow and he's or like Judd Trump or it's Ronnie you never man. know if Ronnie's just going to be like oh fuck this and just start trying to smash <coughs> balls in which I love I like that fast paced snooker so I, I'll watch a lot of snooker and I watch so I, I'll always watch MMA I'll always watch UFC if Glory's on or anything I'll quite happily watch a lot of stand up but fighting I'm boxing I'm looking forward to Groove Eubank yeah 
I'm looking forward to that fight. I think Eubank's going to uh, smash AJ, him. AJ taking on the... Not interested. I think Parker, AJ's not... the most overrated boxer the yeah, UK's ever produced. Yeah, but you know, he's taking on Parker, who's a bit of a banger, you know what I mean? So it could be, yeah. could be a good fight, that. Uh, no. 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 I, like if I, I certainly would Bruno, Bruno would have smashed AJ. But he's like him. Do you know what I mean? He's sort nowhere of near as good as Bruno. Type, you know, Listen, he's a fucking Raven Bunker. Sort he's a boxer, boxer who can't box on the back foot. Not very fast. Doesn't seem to have a great chin. Like, I don't get what the Ravens about. It's like all the people raving about Connor. Like, listen, Connor is brilliant. But I had it the other day. Uh, argue, not arguing. Arguing is the wrong <coughs> word. But a discussion about Connor versus Khabib. Nurmagomedov, and they were like, "Well, uh, Connor will walk through the walk through him and smash him, and anyone else in the one fifty five and one forty five pound division." I'm like, e- "Right, undoubtedly, there's a chance that Connor could clip him and knock him out. Hundred percent. It's MMA. There's a chance that Connor could hit him. Connor could catch him with a spinning kick. There is that chance. Khabib is twenty five and zero in the UFC." undefeated he's never been beat every single person he's fought he's taken down and taken down repeatedly he's never been dropped he got rocked really badly by Michael Johnson but he's never been like rocked to the point where the fight's nearly finished who and how can you possibly back McGregor in that fight McGregor's been stopped three times stopped not Lost decisions. He's been stopped three times. Like, oh yeah, but he's got amazing takedown defense. No, he hasn't. Chad Mendez was taking him down left, right, and center on two weeks training, and he's a hundred and forty-five pound fighter, not one hundred and fifty-five pound. So Chad Mendez was walking through him. Like, so Chad Mendez is not the wrestler that Khabib is in a million years. How does Con? How can you back Connor? In that fight. I agree with you saying, my money's on Connor pulling something stupid out of the bag and catching him. Brilliant. I can't argue with that. Saying he's going to walk through him like, will anyone else in the 155 pound? He never walked through Nate Diaz. Oh, well, I was at 170. Yeah, they were both at 170 and they're both 155ers. There's no detriment to either fighter there. They're both 155ers. So, I don't get how people can back Conor McGregor against these other people. I don't understand it's it. Hot. Like when people are backing him against Mayweather, like listen, listen, I get, I get that you like Conor McGregor. I get what he's done for the sport. I get you think he can bang people. I get all that, but he's fighting Mayweather. Nobody's ever beat him. The best boxers in the world have ever beat him. How can you back McGregor? How can you say you're a fight fan of any credibility and back him? All right, what what made you laugh is that when McGregor fought Mayweather, his punches. I mean, they're fucking. Because he's not a boxer. When you looked at Mayweather's punches, he looked like he's fucking hitting hard, twice as hard as McGregor, and twice as fast. Listen, I and guarantee you, he was hitting twice as hard as McGregor and twice as fast. McGregor is not a banger. He's not. He, he Alvarez with clean shots didn't put Alvarez away. People discredit Connor by calling him a banger. Connor has got amazing precision, amazing timing. Don't take that away from him by saying he hits hard. Doesn't it hard? He might like Nate Diaz. Um, 
Chad Mendes, Eddie Alvarez all said the very same thing. You know, he, he can bat, he can punch, but it wasn't anything unusual. I was expecting more from him. I don't, yeah, I've been hit harder. Everybody, all of them said it. Yeah, because he's not a massive banger. Get hit by fucking um, Anthony Rumble Johnson. The guy's a banger. The guy's putting you away if he hits you. Like, get it with Tyrone Woodley when he hits you clean. That's a banger. That's not Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor hits you with speed, timing, precision. Don't discredit that by saying he's a banger. So, I just don't get why people would back him. I get you like Conor McGregor. I like Conor McGregor. As someone who's been fighting longer than him, fought on the same show as him, watched him fight when he was fighting. Listen, I've seen Conor McGregor fight when you guys didn't even know what MMA was. I watched him fight. I like the guy. I respect the guy. I have the utmost respect and give him all the credit in the world. But I'm a true fan of the sport. Not a fan of Conor McGregor. I'm a fan of the sport. You always would bet... Khabib over Connor. Always. You would always bet Khabib over Connor. Definitely. Unless you're betting on a puncher's chance, which is exactly what he's got. He could catch him. Yes, he could. 100%. But what makes you think he can do what nobody else has ever done? Well, I, I, I was surprised when he fucking, you know, took out. Uh, Alvarez? No. Uh, Jose Aldo. Fucking Aldo. Yeah. Took him. We never saw. What Aldo could do to him because it no, was but, over and too this is the thing: Jose Aldo was reportedly reportedly ill. Usada drug tested him three times for that fight. Three surprise drug tests for that fight. He didn't look anything like the man he used to fight as. So maybe he was using something. Maybe don't know. Yeah, but he didn't. But we didn't get a chance. No, but even so, all this coming in, maybe his weight cut was a lot harder. Maybe he had a really bad weight cut because he was ill. Maybe that made a difference. Connor stopped him fair and square. Stopped him. Clean shot. Bang. Put him away. By what was shown in the <coughs> footage of Connor warming up, he beat him with a great game plan. Awesome timing. Focused on the things that he did want. And he caught him. Boom. Excellent. Don't discredit that by saying he hits hard. Connor even said it himself. This is not it's not about power. Uh speed beats power. Pres- Precision beats time. It's something along that, those lines Connor said. He's basically saying, stop saying I hit hard. I'm going to land my shot. I don't need to hit you hard. And that's basically what Connor was saying. All you people who have been in the sport for five minutes watching Connor McGregor are missing the key elements as to what's happening. Connor McGregor's done stuff that are amazing in this sport. But he's acted like a bitch. He tapped against um, Nate Diaz. After all the talk, all the hype, he's never defended a belt in his career. Cage Warriors, he never defended a belt. UFC's not defended a belt. He's acted like a bitch, plain and simple. He's fought people way after their time in, you know, like, speech marks. Way after their time, he's fought people. Jose Aldo's not on his prime, like, but... He stopped him fair and square. Even if Aldo would have been in his time, I think he'd have still stopped him with that very same shot. I really do. But he's not fighting the top. Listen, he should have fought Khabib a year and a half ago before he fought Mayweather. That fight should have already been over by now. He should have fought Ferguson. He didn't. He went off to fight Mayweather. Why did he go and fight Mayweather? He went to fight Mayweather because his grand game wasn't good enough to fight Tony Ferguson and his wrestling wasn't good enough to fight Khabib. That's 
that are the, they are the reasons you people can say what they want about the no hundred million dollars. Yeah, he wouldn't have even set that fight up if he knew that he could walk through those other two. He has to get better jujitsu. The way to do that is have two years off training. He has to get better wrestling. Have the time off. Avoid the fights. That's all he's done. Very smart. Very very smart. And I don't knock him for it. But that's what he's done. Let's not overlook this by being complete Conor McGregor nut huggers. No, I'm not. I'm, I, I actually, you know, lately the way he fucking walks is about. I just think, you know, you got to be fucking. But you can't. Like, I mean, that's that's irrespective, and that's a side. I, you know, I like, I, I like the banter and stuff. But but I think he takes things too far. But irrespective, you have to look at him as a as a fighter and judge him as a fighter. He's a good fighter, and you have to say he's fucking brilliant. It, like. People say he's the best. No, he's not. No, he can't even be near, like, near represented as the best of all time. No. Demetrius Johnson, John Jones, Anderson Silva, GSP, Matt, Matt Hughes. Hughes. Matt Hughes. They were the days. They were the days when you had people yeah. like GSP, Matt Hughes, people a long time, people who defended that belt time and time again. Yep. And, you know, it was fucking brilliant times. I don't, uh, listen, come to the UFC, have 25 wins and win them all be 25 and 0 all wins like Khabib Nurmagomedov until you have that belt and you defend that belt over and over you're never going to be among the best fighters Khabib for me is the most dominant <coughs> fighter in the UFC right now the most like John Jones obviously not in the UFC at the moment because he's banned Demetrius Johnson is obviously the longest reigning champion I think but he's not a dominant fighter he's not what Khabib does to people, what he did to Edson Barboza the other week was disgusting. Like, Edson Barboza's known for his takedown defence. Couldn't keep Khabib taking him down. Could see on Edson Barboza's face, he sat there thinking, I know he's not going to stop me, but I have no idea what to do. Don't know what to do about this. There's not anybody who's as dominant as Khabib. It just doesn't exist. He's the most dominant guy in the UFC. And that... Connor is not gonna. If someone like that is not placed among the all timers, Connor shouldn't be there. He shouldn't be there for beating these people. And oh, he cleared out the featherweight division. Well, no, he fought every guy once and then fought the champion and won and beat him. Never defended it. Well, lots of people have done that. That's not. I mean, you. Who would you say? <coughs> who's your your favorite fighter from the time? My favorite fighter. From what? Well, your favorite fighter from when you've been watching UFC? GSP. Yeah. of all time yeah George St. Pierre is my favourite fighter of all time because A the BJ Penn won fight when he got his face smashed in and still won can you remember that BJ smashed his face coming out for the second his face was poggered came out and won um, the Matt Sarah fight got knocked out got clipped boom clip rock everyone wrote him off for the second fight oh if he gets hit like that against Matt Sarah if Matt Sarah is not again some punches on him and all didn't he God, even now yeah. Bits have been smashed his head but he's still he's still yeah. got the win didn't he for me GSP's the the best of all time go and watch GSP's first couple of fights then go and watch his last couple and see his wrestling ability develop for someone who never wrestled in high school never wrestled he was a crappy guy I don't think anyone's ever developed a wrestling game in MMA and utilised it in the way that George St. Pierre has I liked Chuck Liddell yeah, Chuck was I just wicked. thought he was like 
you know, everyone thought he was just some good man, but he's, he's, he was a really good wrestler and all. Mate, and, keep uh, Chuck Liddell down. Yeah. Tell me someone who kept Chuck Liddell on yeah, the floor. Yeah, I remember when he fought, uh, when he fought Tito and uh, he was trying to take him down. He's got, and he just... And uh, Vandalay Silver as well. It's a bit of a, yeah. a, a favourite. Yeah, Vandalay, just because it was just... It was brutality. Yeah. The, the fight with, uh, with Vandalay and, and Chuck, when they had the, fight, the stand-up fight and in the last round, Chuck, Threw a punch and shot him and took him yeah, down. Yeah. It's uh, won the fight for him, really. Yeah. But those sort of you don't get them. You know, I don't get excited like I used to. You know, no, no, I don't, mate. And I mean, I'm really looking forward to fighting again. Like I, I've been training lots to fight again, and I really want to fight again, mate. Like because I love it. I really want to fight again. And when I have like a couple more, and I really want to fight. My body's bashed, but I really want to fight again. Even the sport away from the UFC is not the same as it used to be. It's not. It's just not the same thing anymore, it's too, mate. You know, it's too, what everyone's used to, what an used to MMA do fighter. Was, what I used to do my editing was, I would obviously, right. You being a professional fighter, you'd been in the Ultimate Fighter. We'd be, we've been, we've been some places. We've, we've top fighters, top coaches, and like we've known them personally and done yeah. stuff. And then people say to me, "Yeah, yeah, my mate's a fighter. He's a champion," and I'm like. No, he fucking ain't. Yeah, exactly. I thought, these people are like living in another world who going on these fucking shows and like, you know, down fucking, I don't know, fucking Manchester Arena or something like that and just these these shows and with all these fake fucking belts and... Yeah. And it ain't the UFC. It ain't... No. Do you know what I mean? They're but not, even the UFC is not the UFC anymore. Like, yeah. it it is and it is... The UFC, uh, when, we, when we went to Dublin... Mate, yeah. we, that was the UFC that was the UFC mate that, was that with the PAV as well when we met like you never came to Manchester did you so it was who who were you there for was it Chris Lytle versus we um, Chris Lytle and uh, Marcus Davis that's who you yeah. were there for yeah and then we and you didn't come to the one what was the other one I went to the one at the O2 yeah, I don't know was. but you went you to Ireland yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I didn't go to that one that no, but you came to Ireland with me yeah for and we went out with Chris Lytle in that right yeah. that's when we yeah and we yeah went to the after parties yes exactly so but that that was the UFC that was when being a fighter was something it, it was something you know like like you could tell Chris Lytle had as much respect for me as I had for Chris Lytle the, the, irrespective of where I was ranked it didn't make a difference because He'd sit and talk to me, fight wherever you fought, wherever you fought, what have you done? And we'd talk about fighting. It was, now you can't go to Toby Carvery on a Sunday without somebody else in there being an MMA fighter. You know, everyone's an MMA fighter. Brilliant for the development of the sport. I get that. But at the same time, you steal from people who are at the top level who give it everything. Like you people like, so Danny Roberts, right? Danny Roberts has put his heart and soul into being in the UFC. Everything. Gave it everything. Nothing else mattered. I never did that. I never did it. Loved it. I loved fighting. I had a year or two where I'd, just all I wanted to do was fight. And I'd get a little injury. So I'd start flying a bird. Or I'd start paragliding. Or I'd start doing something. These guys are eat, sleep and breathing it. Everything. That's her, everything. And now George from up the road goes to three classes a week. And has had two pro fights. And he deserves more respect of his friends than Danny Roberts. It's just not 
It's not the same thing. We're getting to the point where MMA is football, where there's all these different divisions. All these different divisions. My mate's a professional footballer. Yeah, he is, but he plays for Yeovil Town. He gets paid 40 quid a week. Like, I get it. I get it, but he's not... Do you know what I mean? It's not... Who wakes up... Is he got David a bit... Silver. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not... That's that, And that's the truth of it. Like, he is a professional. He does get paid to play football, but... If he doesn't turn up to training on Thursday, what happens? Oh, well, I don't know, he may be getting in trouble. Yeah, it's not the same thing. Like, it's not... It's just not the same thing. And that's where MMA's going, you know? And we're getting some great... Like, the fights that we get now are amazing. And the fighters who we see... Like, the athletes that we have now compared to who we used to have. Amazing. But it's not the same. And maybe it's just a bit of nostalgia for me. Because I have been around the scene for so long. And I do long for those good old days. And But it's not the same. No, It's not the same to watch. It's not the same to be at. It's not the same to... You know, I still watch MMA and I get excited because I'm a I'm an MMA fan. I'm a combat sports fan. I watch MMA and I'm excited. You know, I'll, I'll watch Glory and I'm excited. And I'll, I'll know Paul Daly's fighting. And I'm like edged up for the oh, if Paul connects that left hook and I I get excited still. And like the other day, Romero versus um, Luke Rockhold, I put it on on the Sunday and I'm like, oh, what's going on in this one then? And I'm getting it, oh. and I still get like that. But then that'll end. And I go to work on Saturday night. Oh, my mate's a MMA fighter. You must know him, isn't it? Oh. No. Killed it all again. You don't, you don't fucking know him because there's so fucking many of them. Yeah, exactly. Where does he fight? Oh, um, uh, he's pro in that. Right. Where has he fought? Oh, I think he fights in Western. Does he train in Western? Has he fought in Western? Oh, you'd have to speak to him. Yeah. What's his name? Oh, so I don't know, mate. No. Like, it's not. Just like, oh, like all the excitement that I have for MMA is not that. Yeah, I know what you mean. Do you know what I mean? And I don't, <coughs> exactly I don't want to sound like a prima donna or I don't want to sound like someone who's begrudging others of the sport. That's not what I'm doing. It's just like, it's just like every, like my so body. Birds. People say to me when I see me at work with a bird, I fucking yeah. say me with a bird. Oh, mate's got one of them. Yeah, and I'm like, exactly. You, you, you might know him, Fred, 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 such and such. Yeah, no, mate, I don't know him. Maybe exactly. Yeah, but he's that well, person, mate. I don't Falker know is the other one. Like Chris's post on the on the internet the other day. Falker is another one. People slagging each other off, or people saying like about Harris Hawks and stuff like it. Like I was like, oh man, like uh, you. You don't understand what true falconers do. Oh, no. It's not owning a bird. It's not. You don't understand the farmers who I go and sit and talk to because I want a fly on their land. And I sit and talk to them at Christmas and give them a bottle of sherry. The gamekeepers who I go and have arguments with or I help them on beat days. Or, you know, I sit down and I teach myself how to make a hood and I learn about Jesses. And, like, and obviously, I'm t- there's people who have done this... Uh, just like there are people who put a lot more into MMA than I have there are people who put a lot more into falconry than I have I'm only using me as the example here because I'm talking about me but there are people who are a lot more dedicated or committed than I am but and then it's like yeah yeah my mate's a falconry he's got a Harris Hawk yeah alright yeah what's going oh I don't really know I've never really seen him oh man oh no it's, it's fucking like, soul destroying it's so and it's not because I want to be better than you and it's I, not because know, it's like I've got to the point where I, I think, fucking hell, I don't want to talk to this person. 
Cause no, that's exactly it. And, I'm, and that's what I get with MMA. And it's not... And it, I shouldn't be like that, really. MMA, I'm folkery. And I think to myself all the time, oh, I shouldn't be like that. And I do talk to these people, but I don't want to. And I think to myself all the time, I don't want to be like this. I shouldn't be like that. And it's uh, like... It's not me thinking I'm better than them, wanting to be better than them, having a disdain for anybody else getting into either of the sport. It's not that that's the issue. It's that... You, you don't get it. Like, you don't get what I get when I read a story written in the International Falconer and it makes my heart race, heartbeat go up by 12, 15 beats a minute. Just reading about someone else flying a bird of prey. I get that. You don't get the bit where I sit down and I haven't seen MMA for five days, and I sit down and I think about not training again, I think about never stepping in the cage again, and I get scared. I get scared, like, before I'm going to go on a roller coaster, or I get, I get scared that I might never fight again. You don't get that. It's not what you're getting. You're not getting that from this. And I get you're not doing it for the same reasons that I am, and I'm not asking you to. What I'm saying is it's not the same. Your mate doing MMA here and there is not the same as what what I get from it, I dedicated my life to this, my body's broken up, I speak a little bit funny, I got weird ears, because I dedicated myself to this, weird not again, ears. not as much as other people have, I'll grant you, but I did dedicate everything I had to this, lost thousands with my gym, and Fulcrum is another one, there are people who dedicate their whole life, it's their everything to own a bird of prey, and then mate around the corner, has got one in a shed, and then he's just the same as you, and it's like, you're not, yeah, that's what they do, they Here's me, them fucking centres, a lot of, you know, obviously, I fucking sacrificed a lot, built the centres up, and then, oh yeah, my mate does them, uh, takes people out with birds, I'm like, he does what you do, he fucking doesn't do what I do. No. He hasn't got fucking, like, 70 fucking birds, and like, do you know what I mean, he doesn't have to have fucking staff, and you know, he, he, I don't understand. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And even, no, not even, not even when it comes to that. back garden. Take people yeah. out of Land Rover. They've got two aerosols. But it's not even that. It's not, I'll tell you what's, what it is, okay? With so, so someone says, oh, my mate's got birds. He does what you do about yourself. And then it's like, no, he doesn't. Do you want to know why he fucking doesn't, mate? Go and ask your mate how he's going to discover the signs of coccidiosis. Ask him what the signs are. Go and ask him what the signs are for Franks. How he's going to detect if his aerosol has Franks, what are the first signs that he's going to have? What's the first thing he's going to trigger and think he may have Franks? And if he does know what it is, what drugs when does he br- give to yeah, what, what, When he does have Franks, what's he going to administer with him for? What uh, percentage should he give Panicure to his bird to worm him? Go and ask him... Um, what percentage of, of weight does his, his barn owl's eggs have to fucking lose before they latch? Yeah, Ask him these questions and come back and tell me he does what I do. He doesn't. I've dedicated my life to absorbing knowledge to make sure the animals that I'm flying are the best that they can be. And them being in my life, it's not me owning a bird so my mate can say you've got birds of prey. It's so that I can share an experience with an animal and keep that the best that I can. That's what it is for me. Like, mate, I don't ever post about flying my golders anymore. 
And people are going on and posting. I see these people who own goldies all over Facebook. And I think, you've never hunted. I know you. I've invited you out. You've never come out with me. You don't hunt your bird. Why are you on Facebook talking to people about hunting golden eagles or giving people advice about eagles? You've never hunted your fucking bird. And if you have, you've never killed with it. Like, And I think, I don't, it's not like, I think, I'm not posting anything you shouldn't. No, I don't post anything because I think it's pointless. The moment I start posting and checking my posts to see if people have liked it, I lose connection with the reason that I'm flying a bird of prey. I lose connection with the reason I put the commitment into a golden eagle. It's for me. It's for me. A hunt with a golden eagle for me. That's why I do it, for how it makes me feel. I'm with a bird of prey for what other people think. I don't, and see I how don't long you can do it see me going on the on the falconry pages fucking arguing with people on there about their birds I just can't be bothered no. I've got no fuck. Mark said to me like when I was doing that he said he said you don't need to he said fucking just smile to yourself and fucking watch everyone else says, it's ego mate and I'm the same I suffer from ego the same as everybody else and it is it's complete and utter ego you you see it and it's either the guy's wrong he shouldn't be wrong I've got to tell him he's wrong and then you think to yourself afterwards like I do it I get into arguments I'm like do you know what what? there's a thing at the moment that uh, it's called Owl Weld and I go on it I joined it just to have a look and there's so many things on there that genuinely antagonise me about people having them but uh, I just can't be bothered to say anything anymore. Yeah, and that's the best because way to be. I'll just end up. I'm just going on there just to. Well, I don't know why am I going on there. I'm just going on there just to prove a point. What what do I do? What do I need to prove to these people? And who are you They're proving it? But hang on, who are you proving it to? Are you proving it to you? Or are you proving it to them? Yeah. Are you proving it to everybody? Are you looking for a pat in the back? What is it that you're looking to get back from that? Yeah, because that's why I just don't. I don't. I don't bother to do it and uh, yeah because I've just seen it all before yeah and I know that I'm, there's nothing that, if I see someone doing something wrong with bird that's detrimental to it uh, alright yeah I could maybe save it but then I could be doing that to fucking 20 people on that page every single day but you can day. only save it if they listen you can save them all can you can only save it if, you, if they listen that's the other thing on. like <clears throat> so I've obviously You've seen me have lots of birds fly them all. So says, I've had my goldies. I've killed with every single golden eagle that I've ever flown. I have my goldies. One's ten, one's seven. I've hunted and killed with every single one that I've flown. Every sparrow I've had, I've hunted and killed with. Every harrisock, every goshawk, every peregrine. Every, killed with all of them. Anything I want to do, unless I'm flying them as a lure bird, I've done with it. I've done that. People are posting on there and I see so many things that I can post and I think... Why am I doing it? Am I doing it for the preservation of falconry? These people aren't falconry. It's not going to preserve falconry. They're not falconry. Am I doing it so that somebody will try and say to me, oh, fair play, where's you know what you're on about? So what if they fucking do? It means nothing to me. If somebody says to me tomorrow, or I'm not in the room, somebody goes, oh, I'll tell you what, that Wesley Merch. Did you see his advice the other day about flying such and such? Spot on. That guy knows his stuff, honestly. Will it make me enjoy my falconry anymore? Damn, that does it. 
Don't matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so why why am I arguing with people who are either too stupid or too ignorant to want to learn the lessons and help? The reason I know these things is because when somebody told me something, I wanted to learn. I wanted to know I'd do it better. It was never a oh no, I'm not doing it wrong. Don't accuse me of doing something wrong. Oh well, fuck you. It was fuck. Am I doing something wrong? How reason, embarrassing! I don't want to do it wrong. How can I get it right? The only time I tell people about birds now and give them advice or talk to them about birds where they come from is when they're paying and coming to pay to come to the centre and yeah. fly the birds now then I'm getting paid to do it fucking the onus is on you then I'm fucking paid to go on the onus is on you because on. you're advertising as a business exactly uh, who knows it so the onus so, is on you to do it correctly so, and teach people how to do it correctly so you people who go on the <clears> internet they're just doing it from you know why are they doing it why are they going to try to give all this advice yeah. Most of the people aren't listening anyway. Yeah. And especially people in falconry. Fucking hell. Yeah. They're, you know, they do what they want to do anyway. You know yourself, you get people, you you know, you'll try and take them under your wing and give them an hand. Six months down the line, they're an expert. Yeah. And they're like fucking trying to tell other people how to do it. I've been doing it six months. Yeah. I've had it before. People, obviously there's very few people in this area that own golden eagles and some of them before. My mate's got golden eagle actually. You might know him. Oh yeah, I do know him actually as it goes, yeah. Oh, yeah, he hunts a vip. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. No, 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 I think he does. No, he doesn't. I can guarantee, I know for a fact he doesn't. I know who hunts golden eagles in this (coughs) place. And even if he does hunt with it, what's he killed? Let's say he's killed one hare in five years, let's say. Which he hasn't, but let's say he's killed one hare in five years. Let's say that's what he's done. And he hunts with his bird all the time. He's always out of it. He's killed one hare in five years. I kill with my bird every single season since I've had it. Every season since I've had my bird, I've killed with it. I've been out sometimes 68 days in a row once before I killed anything with my bird. Killed with it. Still killed with it every season. Not one hair in five years. Every season I killed with my bird. Not that I am better than you, but what I'm doing is eagle falconry. Don't call what you're doing eagle falconry. It's not the same thing. You're not doing that. And there are people out there who are doing it to a bigger extent than me. And are killing more stuff than me. There are. The amount of things you kill doesn't dictate whether you're a falconer or not. But if you've killed one hare in five years, you're not a falconer. You're not out hunting with a bird of prey. You might own a bird of prey and fly it. You're not a falconer. You're not out hunting with it. And that's, that's what it comes down to. It's not... I'm not pitting myself against your mate. You are by telling me that your mate does this stuff. Because you either believe your mate does what I do. Or he believes he does what I do. He doesn't. So I'm not pitting me against him. You have. And just to let you know that's not the same thing. That's not what we do. You know that's why I don't post anything anymore mate. I don't. It's not the same thing. I don't want to be drawn into the comparisons of other It's not. It's just not the same thing. You know it's just not. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. It's late. We should maybe wrap this one up. Yeah. We've had a rant, mate. We've we really have, we did start to rant towards the end. Did I lost it a bit? Personal things. Yeah, vengeances. Our own personal grievances the, with the world. The, yeah, the, the falconry thing. Yeah. And the, Man, and I tell you, we go off on tangents when you and I do them. <laughs> I don't know how many subjects we may have covered tonight, but. <laughs> 
Well, it's Valentine's Day. Shops. It's Valentine's Day. It Valentine's Day. No, it's because we're both fucking sat here, heterosexual males, with each other doing a podcast on Valentine's Day. Oh, no. <laughs> but, yeah, we ranted more so than I would have liked. I think it's because I'm tired. I am tired. I'm ready to go to bed now. And I have got to get up at five in the morning. Yeah, I don't. So, but I am still very tired. So, I think this is the place to wrap this one up. Mate, like loads that we didn't talk about again um, through our own talking shit so we do need to get together it's fun it's been fun as always the fun bits were fun the sad bits were fa- sad the rants were ranting so it was fun thanks for doing it again no problem we'll do one again I'm going to try and get Molly on pretty soon yeah with that, that, that show there's some funny stuff to go on there yeah she'll make you laugh yeah so yeah thanks mate and uh We'll catch up on the next one. Take it easy. See you later.